This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. And it says it's time to start decorating your house for Halloween. It's time. As soon as September gets here, you're supposed to decorate for Halloween, according to Joanna. Well, that wasn't Joanna, according to me. That was according to the people. Joanna decorates for Halloween 24 Exactly. Let me uh, tell you about the Dallas Cowboys touchdown flyaways. We're going to have a special appearance from KLAQ later this afternoon. You can register at the Circle K on Eastlake. That's Eastlake at Rojas. That is this afternoon from 5 to 7. KLAQ wants to send you and a guest to Dallas for a Cowboys game with hotel, game tickets, uh, tailgate, Cowboys meet and greet. And you've got to be 21 or older and a Texas resident in order to win. But if you uh, meet those criteria, come by and register at Circle K at 12-2290 Eastlake. God, that address is as long as a phone number. 122290 Eastlake. That's Eastlake and Rojas this afternoon from 5 to 7. Dallas Cowboy touchdown flyaways powered by Miller Lite. Special arrangements by 915 Tours and courtesy of 955 KLAQ. Find the full rules, details, and all the places you can sign up to win at KLAQ.com. Oh, by the way, Glenn and Joe Pete are going to be there, and they're going to have uh, cowboy prizes to give away. Ooh. Two from five to seven at Circle K, quarter of Eastlake and Rojas. All right, let's start uh, previewing what's coming up on the show today. Entertainment news with Joanna Barber later. Joanna, what do we have coming up uh, in the Hollywood Report? A and E is suing Reels over their show, cop show. Saying it's a total live PD ripoff. What they call there's PD live. No, theirs is called <laughs> on patrol live. But it's the same thing. You got somebody it's at the desk and they thing. check in with different law enforcement yeah. agencies around the country. Yep. I, I hate to break it to live PD, but there was a show called Cops <laughs> right before them. <laughs> right? Yeah, but. They wouldn't cut live to see what was it really that and special. It wasn't though. really that live either because every now and then El Paso was one of the towns they would cut to. And Amazing. I I would notice it's like we're going out live. It's like, wait a minute. It's still daylight right. outside. And it just started getting dark <laughs> right now. So there's no way this is literally live. They had right? to. At one, at one point, it was completely live. And then I think what happened was somebody died. And somebody found out about it through the show. Through so the they show. said, all right, we got to start so putting it on. So they had to start vetting it at one point. Like, uh, it's live, but not really. Okay. All right. Well, that explains it. Because sometimes it was a lot darker outside. Yeah. They had what it showed on that. PD Live or Live PD. Which is it? PD Live? Live PD? Live PD, live PD. <laughs> was what it was called. The show that's being sued is now called On Patrol Live. Is Live PD still around? No, it's not. Oh, okay. Or are they? It's just called whatever no, you just said. Uh, On Patrol Live is a completely different show on a completely different network. Uh, so no Dan Abrams? No. No that uh, one cop from Oklahoma named Sticks? No. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know that guy? 
No officers in Dejas. In Dejas. No. No bun of justice. No. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Joanna's going to have more uh, that and more coming up in our Hollywood news later this morning. Megan McCormick, kind of step us through news here a little bit. We'll have news coming up in a couple of hours, but what do we have on the agenda today? Sure. Well, there's a couple of updates uh, with the DA's office, but before we get to that, yesterday we told you about uh, an El Paso train derailment. We weren't able to confirm the fatality on that. It was a Union Pacific employee. I just wanted to give an update on that. We weren't able to confirm it on the air. So, Also... 25 years ago, you guys, Princess Diana was killed in a car accident. Today? Today. A, a full quarter of a century ago. Not breaking news, but, you know, a memorable day nonetheless. Here you go. Let's take you back to that day. Uh, August 31st, 1997. We have reports from Paris that Diana, Princess of Wales, has been killed in a car accident and that her partner... Dodi fired has also been killed. They were apparently being pursued by paparazzi on two motorcycles. All right, that was the report as it was delivered back on the day 25 years ago. And your footsteps will always fall here along England's greenest hills. Your candles burned out long before. Your legend ever will. Well, give me, I'm interested in what's going on with the the recall of the district attorney. Tell me what the latest from that story is, or kind of just get, get everybody caught up to date on what the latest is. Sure, sure. So, uh, as we know, the past couple of weeks, there's been hundreds of cases being let go or dismissed because they have not been indicted. So, this is the first time we've actually heard a response from the DA's office, and what has happened is that she's... Yvonne Rosales has filed a claim that a number of criminal cases were dismissed because of El Paso Police Department and that the police department failed to report the cases to the DA's office through, I don't know if anybody's heard of this, it's called DIMS, which is a case filing program. So apparently that is the cause or that's what they're claiming is the cause. You know, I had heard she's blaming the police. police. Okay, so first of all, your first thought is, wait a minute, was it the former district attorney? Or is it the police? Or is it the uh, the public defender's office? Because we've heard blame being shifted now to all the of these previous groups. administration. But I I will add this in. I had heard uh, going back months ago that there was some kind of issue with the Dems program and local law enforcement, the DA's office, that there was some kind of breakdown. I think one of our guests had told us that long before anybody was talking about. A recall of the district attorney. Do well, you recall that? Yeah, but you, we, we, <laughs> okay. Well, we'll have to have Justin or somebody on to come t- uh, talk about it more. But the Dims unit was originally used for like low level. This is what Justin was telling us. Dims unit was used for like low We're level. Talking about attorney Justin Underwood, who right. does our uh, ask a lawyer. Ask a lawyer. And he was telling us that the Dims unit was for low level marijuana possession. What what can happen is. Uh, they can go straight to a magistrate and file charges immediately. The police can, um, and and you can pretty much get get that done, you know, overnight. Um, so for low level marijuana, for low level marijuana and other things, a lot of people were were uh, getting uh, just ticketed through the Dims program. Um, not 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 arrested, not cuffed. No. no. Okay. Um, 
So, I mean, we'll have to have Justin, but this this well, doesn't sound like it makes sense. Yeah, let me. I would love to get Justin's feedback on this, and he kind of opened up last week. I mean, he really came with both barrels blazing last right. week when talking about the uh, the job the district attorney has done. So, since well, we he's on the record doing that, I would love to get uh, a refresher on what's going on with the DIMS, the use of DIMS by uh, law enforcement and some kind of breakdown between law enforcement and the district attorney's office. Fair enough to say? That's what she's saying. I don't know if that's true or not. Okay. <laughs> or, well, or, no, but I had heard before that there was something going where there was a lack of communication no, or that, there was a freeze out maybe. Okay, so what, what was happening, the issue before was that police were uh, evading the DIMS unit. They were just going straight to the magistrate to get their... their they were just cutting the... Well, it sounds like maybe maybe they knew early on that... Things well, don't get handled by the DA's office. No, no. See, we're we're muddling the waters because the the issue at the time was this, these marijuana possessions, uh, and people could get their charges through the DIMS unit. The the okay. DA could decide whether they wanted to prosecute or charge them or not. Um, and the police were avoiding the DIMS unit. They were going straight to magistrates for criminal prosecution mm-hmm. of, these, of these cases. So this this is a whole separate issue. It, w- it had nothing to do about the effect clearing of, cases, screening cases. It had nothing to do with that. It had nothing to do with clearing well, well, okay, and screening. Okay, then what do you think uh, in that in the light of what you just said, what do you think about the district attorney Yvonne Rosales saying, "Oh, this is the police." Oh, I think she's full of crap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, there's there is a statement from her office that uh, I can read it during news. So, All right, um we'll have that Also, one thing I just wanted to add about Dims, um it says here uh, I'm reading that you you have to be arrested on the spot in order to be eligible to be entered into the DIMS program. Right. A uh, question. Wasn't there talk back when D was still mayor? Because I remember asking him about it, that the city council was going to or that they were going to instruct officers to, if not decriminalize simple possession of marijuana, just to prioritize that lower than they would before. Okay, so so we, we I mean, a while ago, I mean, uh, Chief of Police Greg Allen had said, um, yeah, we, we're still going to, we're still right. going to, I mean, we still arrest you guys. The police chief said, no, we're not going to turn the other way when it comes to simple marijuana possession. And we're the still DA was saying, we are de- deprioritizing these cases. We are not um, uh, focused on, on prosecuting these cases. And was that the district attorney, Yvonne Rosales? I think so. Okay. Well, there's uh, this a point might in her been, favor. Yeah. But... So this the DIMS unit was to get these people out and not uh, in jail overnight. So you'd be arrested. Oh. You could get and Chief Allen was saying, no, if we well they they went straight to the magistrate to get them in jail. Yes. Okay. So they were starting to to evade the DIMS program, and and they were their their marijuana you know, uh, prosecution was or not prosecution the arrest was up for that. Okay, they were, they but, were still arrested. But, so you would agree on the issue of how you handle somebody who's got like a small amount. Of marijuana, yeah, but this has nothing to do with uh, Ivan Rosales' ineptitude at filing cases over the past several years. I mean, the, those it has no, those two things aren't even connected right. with each other. So, are we really going to take? Are we really going to take anything Ivan Rosales says at face value at this point? Or well, we had been saying there needs to be some explanation from the DA's office. So, so well, whatever, we're going to wait for a statement, not even a live question to her face. She's just going to throw out a statement and cast blame. I think Megan is just telling us or what her office is saying. And right. we're no, it's kind, kind of, of upsetting, though, that she wouldn't come out and say things, first of all, on air, live to people. Do an interview. Do an interview. Like an actual interview. Yeah. 
What does this statement mean? Like, especially a week later, you're going to respond to the fact that you are so bad at your job that nationally, nationally, this has become a news story, right? Yeah, it has. An embarrassment to the city. Fair enough. And yet the, the literal least you can do is put out a statement blaming a program that I'm not even sure has to do with the situation at all. All right. Well, Nico, I'm not going to skip you today. What do you got for the show today? Well, unfortunately, the United States, the average life expectancy is at one of its 100-year lows. Uh, over the past two years, 2020 and 2021, uh, United States life expectancy actually went down from the, from the age of 78 to 76. Oh. Do they give any possible reasons that that could be? Does it have anything to do with the pandemic? It or? does. It has a lot to do with the pandemic. Um, but it's also just kind of shocking to see um, life expectancy going down. You you kind of associate that with progress and, you know. Global pandemics. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks for the. Thanks for the chipper bit of news to get us started right. this morning. Really appreciate that. Uh, we've got a lot coming up on the show today. We'll do today in sound clips. We're going to hear uh, more about the Artemis uh, mission. Uh, President Biden yesterday was talking and calling out the MAGA Republicans uh, at a speech that he gave in Pennsylvania yesterday. we got some of the audio of that coming up and much more on the way. So uh, get ready. This is the theme to Wednesday show. The theme to Wednesday show. It's just another show with music, news, and sports, and traffic. What the hell else do you want? For God's sake, just leave us alone. This is the theme to Wednesday's morning show. Wednesday's upon us. This is the theme to Wednesday show. The opening theme to Wednesday show. We might have prepared a better show. If today were Friday, we're almost to the part where we get up and go for coffee. This is the theme to Wednesday's morning show. This is the theme to Wednesday's morning show. Buzz Adams and the KLA. Golfers forecast brought to you by Painted Dunes Desert Golf Course. Remember, you can set up all your tee times and reservations online through PaintedDunes.com. Got a chance of rain uh, today. Got a chance of rain tomorrow. So today's the greater chance of rain. We're looking at a 30 to 40% chance of scattered thunderstorms developing this afternoon. Uh, so, you know, real good solid chance that a lot of the city is going to see rain this afternoon. It was raining on my drive in this morning. Oh, yeah? Yep. Just a little drizzle, but enough to get the road slick. So be careful driving out there today. Other than the uh, scattered thunderstorms and showers here and there, look for a high of 83 for today. It has been nice. Nice. Say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, overnight rain, possibility of that. And then tomorrow, looking for a 20 to 30% chance of rain. It's going to be cloudy tomorrow. And you can see a stray shower or thunderstorm in the forecast for tomorrow. Very slight chance of rain on Friday, but get get this. Looks like it mostly pushes out and clears out for Saturday and Sunday. So your weekend golfer's forecast is looking much better than your weekday forecast. El Paso Golfers' weather brought to you by Painted Dunes Desert Golf Course. You can also call them for your tee times at 821-2122. That's 915-821-2122. For Painted Dunes Desert Golf Course.
And now, today in Sound Clips. All of the day's news with accompanying sound bites and actualities. Uh, NASA is going to make an, a, sec- a second attempt to launch its Artemis 1 mission on uh, Saturday. Mm-hmm. Technical problems uh, forced NASA to scrub the mission on Monday. It turns out it was a faulty sensor, not any kind of issue with the engine. Mission managers say they will change their schedule and procedures, uh, making them ready for liftoff. Artemis 1 will test NASA's new SLS rocket. So here is audio of Mission Control calling off the launch on Monday. Launch Director Charlie Blackwell Thompson has called a scrub of the attempt of launch of Artemis 1 and the space launch system with the Orion spacecraft. It could have uh, to do with weather, though. Mark Berger, launch weather officer, uh, says the latest forecast shows showers and even thunderstorms, giving the mission a 60% chance of weather violation during that launch window. Here's Mission Control explaining why the launch on Monday was scrubbed. The issue that uh, came up was an engine bleed that uh, couldn't be remedied. Um, but uh, the rocket is currently in a stable configuration. And sounds very medical. Um, also, there's nobody on that shuttle, right? It's so that, that was unmanned, right? Yeah. yeah. Mikhail Gorbachev, the last leader of the Soviet Union, has died. And man with the best birthmark ever. Does he have a good birthmark? It's on his head. It looks like a... Looks like a map of Westeros. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here is audio of, uh, you know what, I, even if I had any Gorbachev audio, he spoke in Russian, so you, you wouldn't hear what he, you wouldn't figure out what he was saying unless he had a translator. But here is then-President Ronald Reagan famously telling yes. Gorbachev what to do. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And uh, some more audio from back in the 80s, President Ronald Reagan uh, reflecting on the treaty with Gorbachev. The importance of this treaty transcends numbers. We have listened to the wisdom in an old Russian maxim. Though my pronunciation may give you difficulty, the maxim is dovayai no provayai. Trust Trust but verify. Verify. And the current president, President Biden, was speaking at Wilkes University in Pennsylvania yesterday. President Biden called out Republicans of Congress who did not vote for his Safer America program, which includes federal funding for police departments. While addressing the gathering about topics including guns, uh, uh, gun safety and enforcement, Biden called out the Republicans who have not condemned the insurrection on January 6th where Capitol officers were attacked. So let me say this to my MAGA Republican friends in Congress. Don't tell me you support law enforcement if you won't condemn what happened on the 6th. Don't tell me. That's a really good point. I mean, Capitol Police are technically police, so if you're going to back the blue, um, that includes Capitol Police. You can't say, well, not in this case. Well, they shot Ashley Bobbitt. President Biden also outlined his Safer America program. Biden's rollout comes as crime rates and gun violence are on the rise in the U.S. Biden says he created the plan with children and parents in mind. And they just want to feel safe again. They want to feel a sense of security. And that's what my crime plan is all about. 
Who do you think sounded and looked older, Ronald Reagan or Joe Biden? I mean, to me, I was just a kid when Reagan was president, so he looked... Ancient? Yeah, just ancient. Was Reagan as old as Biden is now when he was president? That's a good question. I mean, because most of the jokes about Reagan were... Well, you know, <laughs> all the people who did impersonations would go into the... A lot of it played on his age yeah. that he was so old. And I'd be inter- I'm interested to know who was older during uh, during their presidency, Reagan or Joe Biden? I think Joe is older, but that's just a guess. Well, Ronald Reagan was 77 at the end of his... At the end? At the end of his... And isn't Biden 78 already? Yeah. Okay, so Biden's older now than Reagan was when his term ended. But I think people forget that Reagan, at the end, was really having Alzheimer's. I mean, he was having dementia. Nancy Reagan... Well, we didn't know it until we found all that out later. later. I know. It's crazy that she's signing all his documents. Well, maybe Jill's in there signing all of of Brandon's stuff. I mean, Biden's stuff. (laughs) Uh, large amounts of rainfall coupled with years of water system issues has resulted in a massive water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi. Never have the words, water, water everywhere, but nary a drop to drink, <laughs> uh, been more true. Oh, sorry. They're saying they're having to boil their water, not just for drinking water, but for washing dishes they have to boil the water they're washing dishes in because that's how contaminated it is oh, no. and there's no end of the tunnel in sight yet the city doesn't have enough water to fight fires flush toilets or drink so that's why residents are having to boil the water before they drink it or even do their dishes here is jackson mississippi mayor chokwe lumumba talking about the water crisis and the state of emergency that's been declared in Jackson, Mississippi. The city of Jackson is grateful for the support that we now are receiving from the state. We've been going it alone for the better part of two years when it comes to the Jackson water crisis. The lack of water was due to a lack of pressure in the system, which we stated was complicated by the floodwaters that we received. This is a set of accumulated problems based on deferred maintenance that has not taken place over decades. And the uh, head coach of Jackson State uh, football, the Jackson State men's football team, is a name you probably have heard before. It's Deion Sanders. And he talked about, Neon Dion talked about the water crisis and how it's impacting not only his team, but the entire city of Jackson. We uh, hit with a little crisis, the city of Jackson. We don't have water. Water means uh, we don't have air conditioning. We can't use toilets. Uh, we don't have water. Uh, we don't, therefore, we don't have ice, which pretty much places a burden on the programs. Gatorade. Water's better. Gatorade. Uh, you guys don't get our mid-90s movie references. Water sucks. sucks. It really, really sucks. Water sucks. Joanna, why didn't you play along? I thought you were going to move on after that. Yeah. <laughs> I never know which way. Water sucks. It really, really sucks. A police officer was arresting for arrested for posing as a police officer. 
And here's something you might learn for the first time today. It is actually a felony for a police officer to impersonate a different police officer. Really? And this officer found out the hard way. A 37-year-old police officer in Indiana named Ralph Weaver is accused of posing as a different police officer from a different department and then filing a complaint about misconduct. It turns out that not only is it against the law for a non-police officer to impersonate a police officer, it's against the law for an actual police officer to impersonate another another police officer. Not just against the law, it's a felony. Here is Sergeant Carrie Holes talking about the weird case of impersonating a police officer by another police officer. I received that email myself stating, you know, information that was going on at New Albany Police Department that was possibly not being looked into properly. So obviously it raised our eyebrows. When our detectives looked into it, they realized that the name that was on the email account that was supposedly a New Albany police officer had no knowledge of such an email being sent. Police officer impersonation inception. (laughs) (laughs) And from the NFL... Uh, Bruce Arians is talking about Tom Brady. Bruce Arians is the former Buccaneers coach. and He was asked if he's worried about Tom Brady uh, after being away from the team for a few weeks. No, none whatsoever. I mean, watching him at practice every day, he's throwing the ball better than he has in like 10 years. And uh, when he's on the practice field, the energy level in the whole building goes up. So mm-hmm. not worried about Tom. That's one guy you don't have to worry about. What about and exactly, exactly. I want to know what's going on with those two. Well, we have another former coach, former Raiders coach John Gruden, spoke publicly, publicly oh for the gosh. first time since his departure from the Raiders and says, and he departed because there were these emails. From like 10 years ago. Yeah, but, yeah. Was yeah. he super racist? Uh, they were racist. They yeah. were racist. I don't know if they qualify as super racist. I think any racism is super racist. Uh, well, anyway, here's uh, John Gruden talking about those, uh, you know, his disgrace and the emails. Here, I'm ashamed about uh, what has uh, come about in these emails, and I'll make no uh, excuses for it. It's just, it's, it's shameful. But... Um, I am a good person. I believe that. I, I'm, I, I go to church. I've been married for 31 years. i got three great boys. I still love football. I've made some mistakes, but I don't think anybody else in here hasn't. Uh, and I just ask for forgiveness, and hopefully I get another shot. All right. So that's the latest from John Gruden. And finally, a woman is uh, going viral after posting a video of a baby crying on her flight and asking... And, in fact, even saying she'd be willing to pay twice as much for a ticket for an adult-only flight. So here's a clip of what she was dealing with. She says for the entire trip that it never stopped. So what do you think? Would you pay more for a ticket if it was going to be on an airline that you knew there was nobody under 18 on? How much? I don't more? even know if yeah, you have right. to make it eighteen. Like I think you can make it ten. I don't know. I've seen ten year olds like well, I've running seen, up and down. I've seen adults causing scenes. Right. Like I was gonna say. Too. I was gonna say. I I put my earphones in and I just. I would pay zone out. if they were just like there's a bunch of babies on this flight, but your flight is like twenty bucks. You would fly with, would the, fly. with the babies only. Yes. Yeah. Right. So you would fly on the babies. Like you put up with it. Yeah. yeah. But they you were might, cheaper, yeah. What if you had to, like, change diapers and birth what? babies? No. Why? I'm not the mom. Yeah. Well, Are we babies. Like you're the only adult on the flight. <sighs> Why am I the only one on the flight? 
Babies ba- and their adults. Oh, it's babies only flight. I thought you meant just the baby. Not Throw just the a baby. bunch of babies in the plane. <laughs> like even, even Either the- way, I'm just putting my headphones in and ignoring the babies. Due to the success of adults only flights, get ready for baby only flights. Babies <laughs> <laughs> and babies this year. Flight attendants will soon be coming around with baby food and other various num nums. Just a reminder that I'm about to turn on the nap time sign. Please return to your diaper changing tables to their upright and locked position. In the event of a diaper related emergency, please make sure your diaper is changed before your neighbor's diaper gets changed. We know you have a choice which airline you fly, and we're happy you chose the one with only babies. Baby only flights. Book your flight today. The Buzz Adams Morning Show on KLAQ. Scorpions and rock you like a hurricane on 95.5 KLAQ. There's a Scorpions uh, note in the Mosho calendar in Daily Almanac of events that we're going to get to in just a few moments. The KLAQ food fighters, you heard that, right? Food fighters fighting to feed El Paso are looking for donations and volunteers in the month of September. To volunteer, go to elpasoansfightinghunger.org forward slash volunteer and click the reservation code drop down menu to get a list of times and days. Use the code food fighters. That's all one word, food fighters. Volunteers will be eligible for free concert tickets and other rewards as a thank you. Just for dropping off a 10-can minimum donation with the Buzz Adams Morning Show on Saturday, September 10th, you could win tickets to the Iron Maiden concert, which is coming up September the 11th. So, oh yeah, that's something I need to tell you guys about. We're going to be having a can drive on Saturday, September 10th. It's going to be from 10 to noon at the El Pasoans Fighting Hunger Food Bank, 9541 Plaza Circle. So come by, drop off uh, 10 cans, could win tickets to the Iron Maiden concert that's coming up on September the 11th. Go to KLAQ.com and the KLAQ mobile app for all the details you need. Let's go ahead and take a look at our Mo Show calendar and daily almanac of events. Find out what's going on. Uh, on the final day of the month of August, today is National Trail Mix Day. Today is International Overdose Awareness Day. And today is National Make- Matchmaker Day. Matchmaker, 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 make me a match. Find me a find. Catch me a catch. That was a little less. Yeah, I don't know. So good. We should work on it. A little Broadway. Uh, some uh, birthdays, people having birthdays today. As we uh, played the Scorpions, Scorpions founder Rudolf Schenker is 74 today. And Rock You Like a Hurricane was just one of their big hits. And don't forget, uh, Scorpions are coming this September, September 16th. They're going to be at the Don Haskins Center, and we're going to have... Free ticket giveaways for the Scorpions, but happy birthday, Rudolph Schenker, founder of the Scorpions, 74 years old today. That's like two weeks from now. Oh, yeah, that Iron Maiden show is only like 11, 12 days from now, too. Mm. Uh, birthday also for WWE superstar Jeff Hardy, who's 45. And Larry Fitzgerald, former uh, wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. He's currently, uh, an, I believe, an unsigned free agent right now. But uh, Larry Fitzgerald is 39 today. Comedian and actor uh, Chris Tucker is 51. 
What happened to Chris? Did Chris Tucker kind of like disappear? No, he's still doing stand-up. Is he doing stand-up, but has he been in a movie or anything? Because it seems like he really blew up. He was in a Tarantino movie called Jackie Brown. Then he was that ruby red from, uh, you know, the one. Fifth Element. Fifth Element. (laughs) And then he was the detective in all the Rush Hour movies. And then it's like his movie You're talking about a a 20, 30-year movie career. That's awesome for anybody to have. No, but I don't think he's made. I don't think he's been in a notable movie for over a decade, though. Former teen sensation Debbie Gibson uh, turns fifty-two yeah, today. Debbie Gibson. What, how, uh. how do you know? De- what do you know Debbie Gibson from? Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? One of my favorites. Olympic track legend, a god on the hurdles, Edwin Moses, turned 67 today. And Richard Gere, Richard star Gere. of American Gigolo and Pretty Woman, an officer and a gentleman. Runaway Bride. Okay. <laughs> How about, okay, did you ever see the one where he goes Autumn off, like he comes back from the Civil War, his wife is there, but they don't believe he's the same guy. That left to go to the Civil War. Do you remember that movie? Rules Jody of Attraction. Fo- no, Jody Foster plays his wife, and they can't. Seen that okay, one. first contact. Now, I can't remember what it was called. How about the one where Sean Connery was the dragon <laughs> and Richard Gere played the Knight of the Old Code? Dragonheart. Oh, oh, but first night as well. Where did- well, first night, but wasn't he also the night in the one where Sean Connery was the voice of the really terrible CGI dragon? I don't remember Dragonheart. Uh, anyway, Richard Gere is 73 today. And uh, Van Morrison is Who's 77. Who's that? Van Morrison sang Brown Eyed Girl. Sha la 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 he sang that song that goes ba da ba 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 da 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 da. Listen, he had a string of hits. He sounds like a genius. A, he is a genius. Van Morrison, seventy-seven today. Couple of dates in uh, history to tell you about. Thirty-seven years ago, he had nineteen eighty-five. El Paso and Richard Ramirez, <laughs> the Night Stalker killer, <laughs> was captured by residents of a of a. Predominantly Latino neighborhood in East Los Angeles. See, Richard Ramirez had taken a bus from El Paso back to L.A. And the bus ride took so long, he didn't realize that in the time that he was on the bus between El Paso and L.A., they had put up pictures of him all over, pictures like artist drawing. So when he started walking around, he noticed everybody kind of looking at him weird. And little by little... Some people started chasing him, and eventually he was surrounded by these people who recognized him as as the Night Stalker. Did he get beat up? Yeah, they they mm-hmm. beat him pretty bad, is from from what I hear. Whoa! And uh, Richard Ramirez died in prison in 2013. So it was 37 years ago, though, that this badass neighborhood got together and stopped the Night Stalker. <laughs> And 25 years ago, this is the quarter century since the passing of Princess Diana. In 1997, the world was just finding out that Princess Diana, her companion international playboy Dodi Al-Fayed, and their French chauffeur, 
who might have been drunk at the time, died in a car crash in Paris. What? You've never heard of this? I didn't know that there... Okay, can I tell you something? My mom woke me me and my brother up. My brother and I... No, me... Anyways, we woke up... Nico, Aaron... Princess Di is dead! Was it like yes. that? She was crying. I she, still remember. She that. had us climb into her bed and she we watched watch the, the news coverage. And we stayed at, uh, home from school that day. The driver did have a blood alcohol uh, level, I think, above the legal limit. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that the, the driver might have been drunk. I didn't know or that the paparazzi was on system. motorcycles. Oh, yeah. The paparazzi oh, yeah. were on those little motorcycles trying to take pictures through that the window. That sounds hard and dangerous. It, it sounds amazing that none of the paparazzi got Died, killed. Right. But, uh, so a lot of the blame has been on the paparazzi. There have been conspiracy theories that, um, you know, the British Prince crown Prince was Phillip. behind it. <laughs> Prince Order Philip the, orchestrated it. Or the British army. Uh, but this is the 25th anniversary, which is a big one. I think this... Uh, Memorable date in history deserves our further attention. And now, great moments in history. August 31st, 1997. Diana, Princess of Wales, dies tragically in a car crash in Paris, France. What happened? Is it Princess Di? Yes, she did. D- did what? Die. <laughs> yes, yes, I mean Princess Di. Right, she did, in a car crash. The Princess Di in, in a car crash? Exactly. Is she all right? Well, obviously not. What's wrong with her? She died. So did the car crash make her die? Yes. How does a car crash make her change her hair color? She didn't die. She died. I'm so confused. But I'm sure we'll have a laugh about it later. Why not now? (laughs) That's lovely. (laughs) This has been Great Moments in History. Hey, everybody. It's and the Cape. KLEQ and KLEQ HD1 El Paso. A Town Square media station. All right, chance of rain uh, is going to linger in our forecast today and tomorrow. Uh, around a 30% chance of rain uh, today, 40% chance of rain, and maybe some scattered thunderstorms tomorrow. But it looks like by Friday, it'll be less of a chance. By the weekend, looks like we might have a sunny weekend with uh, the rain out of the forecast completely by the time Saturday and Sunday gets here. Joanna's got entertainment and Hollywood news. But I have an idea for a new segment. It seems like you're always hearing about someone being canceled or someone saying that someone should be canceled. Mm-hmm. So I thought we'd just do a regular segment called Canceled. <laughs> the canceling. Canceling. Yeah, how did you not? Ah, oh, missed opportunity. Oh, that should have been the song, dude. Some people are turning on Chris Rock after he made an O.J. Nicole joke. Real topical. To explain why he turned... First of all, yeah. First, you want to talk about yeah. your your old, your dated references. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you're a millennial and you have to... When you have to Wikipedia joke, it's not necessarily funny. Um, <laughs> first, we canceled Will Smith for slapping Chris Rock. And I say that's fair. Uh, now some people want to cancel Chris Rock for making a joke about Nicole Brown Simpson. This was at a stand-up show, if you want to know what the context was. But he told the audience that he turned down an offer to host the 2023 Oscars. He said it would be like returning to the scene of the crime. He said it would be like 
if Nicole Simpson went back to the restaurant where she left her glasses. And on Twitter, uh, some people started, seems like, turning on Chris Rock. One said, uh, One person said, the more Chris Rock talks, the more you begin to see why Will S- Smith smacked fire out of him. <laughs> Somebody else on Twitter suggested that Nicole's father, Ron... Nicole's father, Ron Goldman, that's not even correct, should be allowed to slap Chris. Wait, wasn't Ron Ron Goldman was the brother? No, 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 the father of the the waiter. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not even sure. I think, God, I never thought I'd forget all the details of the OJ case because I thought they were just like permanently imprinted on my brain. Because it was not, when when this thing was going on, you guys don't remember, it was nonstop Mm -hmm. around the clock. Ron Goldman wasn't even the father. Ron Goldman was the waiter who brought her glasses back to her. But anyway, somebody suggested that Nicole's father, who is not Ron Goldman, should be allowed to slap Chris right. Rock. Ron Goldman was murdered by, uh, well, Ron Goldman was, was murdered. murdered by, we don't know who did it. Oh, we, we know. We don't know. <laughs> Wait, he's also the waiter that just brought back the glasses? Yeah. That, that, yeah. God. Yeah. So whoever killed Nicole Simpson... <laughs> Whoever did it just so happened that this waiter dropped by either right as the murder was happening or right after or whatever, and he ended up getting killed, too. That was Ron Goldman. Oh, my God. This story got it wrong. They're saying that Nicole's dad was Ron Goldman, but he wasn't. And what did, His name is Brown. What did uh, uh, Chris Rock say again? Chris Rock said, Chris Rock. I didn't want to host the Academy Awards. They offered to let me host the Academy Awards, but that would be like returning to the scene of the crime. It would be like if Nicole, I don't know, it didn't really land. I didn't think it was a very good joke. Well, that would be like if Nicole went back to the scene of the murder. Well, because she's vic- dead. Right, but he's comparing himself to the, the victim of a, of a crime. Okay, so some people are criticizing him for that. But now there are people who are criticizing the backlash against Chris Rock. But because they're saying everybody was on Chris Rock's oh. side when he insulted a black woman, but now that he's insulting a dead white woman, it's unacceptable all of a sudden. Right. So I didn't tell you it necessarily uh, had to make the sense. canceling. Yep. Canceled. Canceling inception. Canceling. Canceling. J.K. Rowling has a new book about someone who's being persecuted for being an alleged transphobic and she's saying that this book is not autobiographical so can you run down or anybody who feels like they know can you tell me what's been going on with jk rowling that people say she's transphobic well i I think she sent out a tweet a a long time ago that's or basically said uh, a woman it was something along the lines like I think the original post was like people who menstruate, and her comment was, like, "Oh, that's what? that's a woman, that's obviously. A woman. Why don't you just say the word woman instead of people who menstruate?" Oh, right. Uh huh. Ah. Uh, and is it, that it? That was that, one of the that things. That was one okay. of the things, and then like she doubled down on that. And she doubled down on anatomy and ever, saying, "I don't think she's ever backed away from it." Has no, she? no, she hasn't. But she's not saying. Like, she's not religious about this. She's not saying burn them, you know? She's, <laughs> she's, she's saying that, oh, the definition of a woman is what I believe in. Biologically, if you have these characteristics, that's what I believe a woman is. 
Okay. She definitely has, yeah, has some problematic uh, transphobic-ish tweets. J.K. Rowling has a new book called The Ink Black Heart. It's about a cartoonist who's accused of producing racist and transphobic work. She, because the character is a female, ends up getting doxxed and gets death threats and other vile threats. So it sounds like J.K. Rowling is drawing on personal experience, but she claims it's not the case. On her website, she said, I had been planning this book for so long, and then a couple of the things that happened in the book have since happened to me. And so I would like to be clear that I haven't written this book as an answer to anything that happened to me. Sometimes life imitates art more than one would like. So she's saying this. That's interesting. This book about somebody who gets doxxed and canceled for anti-transphobic is totally not about her. Real departure from the magical world (laughs) of Hogwarts. And... See, I think Leonardo DiCaprio, people uh, have been trying to cancel him for a long time. Cancel Leo? Maybe not cancel, but just point out that... You mean the heartthrob of Hollywood for the past 25 years? He is in my book. Uh, The most recent thing, Leonardo DiCaprio and his girlfriend of four years broke up. There's no word on why they broke up, but she's 25 now, and there's been that thing going on for over... Two decades. She got too old. Where, where, uh, it happened. They say Leo DiCaprio has kind of like a menudo, uh, rule. Menudo was a band yes. in the 80s, and if you got too old, they just replaced you with a younger member, and with then he Ricky does Martin. something. Right. He, he, he does the same thing with his girlfriends. And they, this thing, this meme or whatever has been going around for a long time, it shows all of Leo's girlfriends, and none of them last past the age of 25. But I want to, ask you this if she's 25 now and they've been dating for four years was 50 something leonardo dicaprio dating a 21 year old that is the math that is correct math are you applauding leonardo <laughs> dicaprio is that is that why are you, you clapping mm-hmm. you did math yeah leonardo dicaprio and his model girlfriend camila marone have broken up after four years Last time they were photographed together was 4th of July weekend. No word on why they broke up, but she is 25, so people think that he really does have that rule. It's like once they reach 25, okay, I'm done. But you, he might be just setting him up for self, himself up for self-sabotage. I think everybody was saying this because she had her birthday maybe a few months ago, and people are like, oh, 25. <laughs> They're not going to last past this. So imagine having that stigma around every relationship. Just having that hanging over your head the, yeah. the entire time. He needs to date a 26-year-old. <laughs> That's I'm not st- going to happen. I, I thought, okay, the whole thing about he dumps any girls as soon as they reach 25. But, I thought that was bad. But now, look at this. <laughs> I'm not quite so sure. You've been canceled. It's time for Entertainment News Hollywood Notes, and Joanna Barba brings them to us every morning. Uh huh. Good morning, Joanna. Joanna Barba, Hollywood News and Entertainment Notes for our Tuesday morning show. Joanna, what's happening? Manifest is taking off one last time. 
season four of the mystery show will be split into two 10 episodes, episode parts with part one premiering on Netflix November 4th. I can't believe that show's still on. Fourth season? Fourth, yeah. Wow. Netflix picked it up after NBC canceled it. And everyone was like oh, in a right. tizzy for it. So, right. so Netflix picked it up for another season. The it's kind of like a cross between Lost and I want to say Infinity Wars in that a bunch of people are on a flight. And when they land, they find out like five years have elapsed. And I don't know if they yeah. ever got to the bottom of what it was. Probably Bermuda Triangle or something. Right? <laughs> we will find out, I guess. Okay. The announcement was made on August 28th at 8.28 a.m. In a nod to the series' pivotal flight 828 disappearance. Season four will pick up two years after the season three finale. Manifest returns on November 4th. The second episode of HBO's House of the Dragon featured some tense alliances in turmoil and ended with a new one potentially taking on a sinister threat. What's clear about the show and dragons is that it will involve a lot of water. That's good news for Steve Saint, the actor who plays the sea snake, Lord Corliss. Uh, Lord Corliss is one of the major characters in this. He's the dude with the with the amazing white dreadlocks. Is, but I'm asking, is that how you say it, Corliss? Yeah. All right. And apparently mm. it's also bad news for Steve Toussaint, the actor who plays the sea snake and is having a bit of trouble keeping his stomach in check on the water. In an interview with the New York Times, the actor admitted that in recent months, he's had some trouble keeping his stomach in check the last few times that he's been on the water. And he said, quote, it's a weird thing. The last couple of times I've been on the boat, I've suddenly started getting seasick. I've never had it in my life, but just recently it started happening. Ugh. Well, here's my review oh. of uh, this week's Game of uh, Thrones. After two episodes. Here we go. Meetings. Let's have some meetings. Let's have some more meetings in my chamber. Let's have a meeting at the garden. And how about another meeting of the King's Small Council? And throw some more meetings. No, they Are haven't they even shown. The no, 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 no. They haven't even shown him like out on the water. I need to call a meeting. Let's have another <laughs> boardroom meeting on House of Dragons. So, just meetings. Even and then when <laughs> okay. they go outside, they're just meeting. It's like, hey, we're gonna have a meeting. <laughs> we're gonna walk through this garden while we meet. Uh. I, it's. I don't know if anybody else agrees. The first two episodes of this House of Dragons has just been incredibly boring to me. I haven't oh. watched it yet. Boring, boring, boring. <laughs> Is that even the theme song for House of the Dragons? Yeah. You know what? They went to just using the regular Game of Thrones theme song for the intro. The in intro is extremely lazy. It uses some of the similar oh, animation, okay. you know, that the Game of Thrones... Did you watch Game of Thrones? No. Oh, okay, then you... Who am I explaining it to? It's the a people <laughs> out there yeah. who listen to or watch Game of Thrones. Yeah, I guess they're just using the same theme now. Oh, okay. It's a good theme. I like it a lot. I think the boring. intro this week was different. Because and it might have been because they thought, "Hey guys, we need to let people know this they're watching totally it. This is a Game of Thrones. Thrones thing, so we're going to have a very, very similar uh, intro, but with the exact same music from Game of Thrones." Oof! 
I gotta start watching Game of Thrones. Good luck, man. From Megan. the beginning. I watched the recaps, and those even those were like an hour long on YouTube. It is just, it's so hard for me <laughs> to sit down and watch. Megan a, has children. A, a, you know, a, a, a TV show or a movie for more than, I think my max is like ni- 19 minutes. Nice. Nobody's fought yet. The dragon hasn't <laughs> burned anybody up except like one one corpse. All right. You know, it's like. You know how they just one. like a like a funeral pyre. They had the dragons light one of that. Other than okay. that, you haven't seen the dragons fight. You haven't seen people fight. You it's know what only you've two s- episodes in, Buzz. You know what you've seen plenty of meetings. More <laughs> meetings. Let's have some meetings in the House of Dragons. <laughs> Netflix is being sued for defamation over the miniseries Inventing Anna. The plaintiff is Rachel Williams, a friend of con artist Anna Sorokin. Rachel was played on the show by Katie Lowe's, and she's not a fan of how she was portrayed. She says that basically everything about her on the show was made up, and she is not the greedy, snobbish, disloyal, dishonest, cowardly, manipulative, and opportunistic person they made her out to be. As far as Rachel's concerned, she says, quote, Netflix purposely used my real name and real aspects of my life to create a totally false and defamatory characterization of me. The truth matters and portraying real people requires real responsibility. For the record, the show never tried to hide the fact that it took dramatic liberties. It even carried a disclaimer that said, quote, the story is completely true, except for the parts that are totally made up. <laughs> and finally, Natalie Portman's upcoming limited series, Lady in the Lake, was forced to halt production due to a group in Baltimore threatening the production. A group of locals confronted a driver for the production on Friday and said they would only allow filming to continue if they were paid $50,000 as first reported by the Baltimore Banner over the weekend. The driver, of course, refused to pay and the group threatened to come back later that evening to shoot someone if production continued. Wait, wait, wait a minute. These guys just rolled up and told them, you got to pay us Mm $50,000. So it's like a protection racket or something? I guess. Okay. And so, of course, the driver was like, I'm not giving you $50,000. And they were like, well, we're going to come back later and shoot someone. So production was halted. Um, It could have been a false thing, but, you know. And where was this? In Afghanistan or Iraq or something? Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore. Oh, my God. Baltimore, Iraq? Baltimore, (laughs) United States of America. Thank you very much. Lady in the Lake is based on the best-selling novel of the same title by Laura Lipman. The story is set in Baltimore in the 1960s, where an unsolved murder pushes housewife and mother Maddie Schwartz, played by Portman, to reinvent herself as an investigative reporter. Okay. With your entertainment news, I'm Joanna Barba. The morning show that's live and local. The best debauchery you can... All right, thanks for being along with us today. We're going to have news coming up in about uh, 30 minutes. I want to tell you about Q Connected. This week, we get to hear another... New song from Dorothy. Dorothy, by the way, I've been hearing the music off of Dorothy's latest album, and they're going to be at the Rock House. I can't tell you how good this is. I'd have to play it for you. So here's a little preview of the latest from Dorothy. It's called Black Sheep. (laughs) 
Dorothy is really yeah, man, impressing me with this most recent album. I mean, I was impressed before, but this just takes it to a whole new level. You know, a good concert would be Dorothy and Toto. <laughs> Dorothy and Toto together. Yeah. And Dr. Oz could yeah. introduce. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, here's the details on Dorothy at the Rock House. October 4th at the Rock House. Uh, Going to hear that new song from Dorothy in its entirety. Uh, plus, as always, your host, Daniel Paulus, puts the focus on Borderland bands, El Paso and area bands, Fusebox, Little King, Circa Arcana, and Cordova are some of the Borderland bands that are going to be featured. Brought to you by the Rock House, 9828 Montana. Uh, Saturday, September the 10th, don't miss the ultimate Iron Maiden pre-show party at the Rock House with the Iron Maiden's tribute band. It's the all-girl tribute band to Iron Maiden, Iron Maidens. And you can check out Q Connected every Sunday, 5 to 7, on 95.5 KLAQ. A guy broke into an Abilene animal shelter and freed a bunch of dogs. Mm. But it doesn't sound like he's an animal rights person. It sounds maybe like he's an idiot. <laughs> That's why there's three big, bold question marks. Let them free? 38-year-old George Paul Jones broke into the animal shelter in Abilene on Friday morning. Had about 150 dogs. He opened a bunch of the cages, let the dogs go free. So now the dogs ha- have no shelter? <laughs> uh, what, did, what did he think the dogs... Well, they were rounded up, okay. but sadly, a few of the dogs were injured. Uh, it didn't go well because the dogs started fighting once they were outside their cage. Few were injured. One dog lost his life. I'm sorry. Aww. I wish I didn't have to report that, but it is part of the story. What a dummy. At least nine others ran off. It's not clear if they found all the dogs that this Yahoo let go. Uh, they did find Mr. Jones, though. George Paul Jones, the perpetrator, was still inside. He also stole a van from the animal shelter and drove off in it. Uh, somebody found it three miles away, but it still had the man's wallet and ID inside. So, again, not a criminal mastermind, it doesn't sound like. I'm going to say drugs were involved. Uh, he's facing charges for burglary, animal cruelty, and theft of a motor vehicle. So, a lot of charges there. On TV tonight, America's Got Talent at 7. That's on NBC. Third season premiere of DC's Stargirl is tonight on CW. And the third episode of America's National Parks, it's Nat Geo today. And uh, all five episodes are out today on Disney+. Plus. Mickey Dolenz. Do you know who Mickey Dolenz is? It's all right if you don't. No. He is the last surviving member of the Monkees. Oh, hey, hey, he's a monkey. Hey, 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 he's a monkey. He was the drummer, in fact. Oh, nice. And, uh, well, you were telling me the story. Give me the the details here. He filed a lawsuit to obtain any records the FBI has on the Monkees. You know, the FBI monitored certain people like John Lennon was constantly being monitored. For being a commie, right? Or being subversive or whatever. I don't know what the what the FBI thought they were going to get out of the monkeys. Well, the monkeys were not really a band. They were a band that was cast to 
they were a group of actors who right. were cast to play a band on a TV show called The, the Monkeys. Monkeys. And then yeah. they, they didn't up. play their own instruments. Yeah. Wait, even when they became a band? Eventually, they insisted on learning to play their own instruments and going out on tour. But for the the early years of The Monkeys, their music was played by somebody else. Wow. Well, so there's a heavily redacted file from the FBI from 1967 that was released and appears to show that the FBI was investigating The Monkeys for allegedly spreading anti-Vietnam War messaging during their shows. In one section of the file, an unnamed FBI source who attended a concert says, During the concert, subliminal messages were depicted on the screen, which constituted left-wing innovations of a political nature. Uh, yeah, probably they had peace signs. You know, I can only imagine being at a monkey's concert circa 1967. Right. They probably had all kinds of flower power stuff and peace signs and... I don't think you need to infiltrate a monkey's concert to figure out they were kind of into the whole hippy-dippy vibe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what does Mickey Dolenz think he's going to find out that he doesn't already know? Well, I think he just wants to hold the FBI accountable for, you know, snooping on him. I got a neckline call here. And then, okay, so have you heard the story out of Franklin that... Uh, there was a report that a teacher was defending. I don't want to say this because he, he the teacher says it was taken out of context, but the sto- headline says the teacher was defending pedophiles to his students in class. Okay, a, f- a teacher from Franklin High School? That's what the story says. Today. Was de- de- defending pedo- pedophiles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe not defending pedophilia, but defending people who commit acts of pedophilia. Or, or the wording of them. Hold on, let me get this one call first. What's up, Mo Show? It's ODG. This message is for that soy boy, Rudy, who says I'm annoying. You're annoying, Rudy, and boring. Your calls are boring as hell, Rudy Patootie. You know what? Sit on it, Rudy. Sit on it. Yeah. Got him. Got him, coach. Sit on it, Rudy Patootie. Okie dokie. Okie I guess somebody called and said they didn't like Okie dokie guy, and Okie dokie guy never lets a slight go unchallenged. No, but, you know, Joanne and I were talking about this the other day, and Okie dokie guy actually puts effort into his calls. Right. Like, well, he's developed a, a whole persona. Right, but you can tell he even practices some of the things he says, right? Yeah. And yeah, so, for sure. Like, if you're going to take that much time to invest in in uh, what you're going to say and it sounds good, then, yeah, why not play it? It may be dumb, but he's I mean, cut out his own He's so cut much. out his own niche. I mm-hmm. mean, he yeah. put some effort into it. Yeah. I appreciate it. Okay. Hasn't he even called sometimes where he, like, messes up and then you're like, yeah, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, occasionally. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's got his patter down pretty pattered, good because yeah. he doesn't do that a lot mm-hmm. anymore. He's got a good routine. Before I tell you about these pedophi- pedophilia uh, comments... In a classroom at Franklin, I want to tell you about uh, comedy coming up. Friday, comedy show and open mic at Scenic's Bar and Grill. Nico, are you putting that on or performing or hosting? right. Comedy coming back to Scenic's Bar and Grill at 4130 North Mesa, right off of Executive. And we're doing comedy big there. It's uh, starting at 9 p.m. on Friday. It's it's, uh, open mic, so anybody is welcome to attend and uh, watch the show or if you... You know, have any talents you want to try out? Uh, sign up, and you're welcome to. Is there a cover? No cover, free for everybody to attend. Is there an anti-cover where it's like, hey, for coming out to this, we're going to throw you a couple bucks? 
an anti-cover. We'll, yeah. we'll pay you to come? Yeah, you'll pay no. them to come to the them. comedy show. No, like, here, <laughs> I'll buy the first drink or something. No, no there is no okay. anti-cover. <laughs> but it will be featuring also some of El Paso's funniest up-and-coming stand-up comics like Alfredo Marquez Jr., Hobo Favela, and our very own Steven Puga. All right. And how about Saturday? Got more comedy? That's right. More comedy, guys. Almost every weekend I will be doing uh, these open mics. And a new one starting up at Brewtopia Tap House on the east side. It's uh, 3260 North Zaragoza. And that starts at 9 as well. Sign-ups uh, for anybody who's interested. You can come on down and look at some comedy. Uh, Jib Sod will be featuring at that one. And uh, yeah, good times. So here's the uh, KTSM headline, El Paso ISD investigating teacher talking about pedophiles. Students say it was taken out of context. The El Paso, as reported by KTSM, the El Paso Independent School District is looking into an incident where a teacher appeared to be saying that calling people pedophiles was unfair and discriminatory and suggested they be called minor attracted persons instead. Uh. Two students who are in the class said the social media clip that's being circulated was taken out of context and was part of a larger discussion and exercise on political questions during an introduction to the crucible. They're still making people read the crucible? <laughs> yeah, I guess so, right? A 16-second clip posted on social media showed the following exchange. So on the whiteboard were written the words, age doesn't matter when it comes to love. The teacher says, you are not allowed to label people like that. The entire class says, they are, they called, are called pedophiles. pedophiles. I guess like they all said that at the same time. The teacher said, stop it. We're not going to call them that. We're going to call them maps, minor attracted persons. So don't judge people because they want to have sex with five-year-olds. Pedophile is derogatory. <laughs> okay, so the student, somebody who was in the class, said that the clip was was lacking some important context. But KTSM says that uh, some of their viewers have uh, expressed rage over what they heard went down in the classroom. And the school district has issued the following statement. EPISD has been made aware of a classroom situation, has promptly initiated an investigation. Uh, any allegation of misconduct is investigated thoroughly, as this is a personal matter. No, no further information. So, it, I, in the crucible, is there a part about dating somebody younger? It's been a long time since I, I read the crucible, man. Well, the, the so, guy she's having an affair with is like way older than her, isn't he? Or right. Are you confusing that with Scarlet Letter? No, this is the, the Crucible. crucible. I'm it sounds like it you're with... closer to it. Do, do you remember? Kind of. Uh, yeah, she's having an affair with a man who's way older than her. And he's like denying it. And that's how she ends up accusing everyone of being a witch. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's right. Oh, right. The oh, the dilemma of relying on the testimony of small children accusing adults of sexual abuse. What, is that in the book? And so, this is a neat uh, article that says, uh, that was in the New Yorker, that says, For some, the play seems to be about the dilemma of relying on the testimony of small children accusing adults of sexual abuse. Obviously, it's a 
talking point. Okay, so somehow they were talking about this having to do with the crucible and somehow it got into, like, using a politically correct term for for pedophiles. Right. I learned a lot more about this case on FitFam (laughs) than what that article said. Oh, yeah? What else did you Well, on FitFam, they have, like, some of the students coming to the defense of the teacher. And one of them is like, well, I'm the one that's mentioned in the video. The teacher was being sarcastic. Oh, we got to call him Maps. Yeah, right. If okay. you read a transcript, and you can't so, pick up yeah. on sarcasm. So the, the yeah. students say that she was being, she wasn't being serious. She was joking, mm-hmm. and so they're asking, well, well, then why did they post this video? And the students respond like, well, maybe the person who took the video misunderstood it or just wanted to become famous, or maybe just for lulls. Just for lulls. I also learned that W is a, a thing because they're like, she's a W teacher. And I'm like, what is W? Apparently, it means terrific and great. A W? So they're saying she's a real good teacher. Some of the students are saying that. But, you know, a lot of people are very upset. Let me uh, run this by you. A bar in Los Angeles has raised the minimum age to 30. Hell yeah. For weekend nights. Yeah. I don't know if that's just Friday and Saturday or includes Sunday. Um, but uh, there's a bar in L.A. called the Melody Bar and Grill. They have a policy. You have to be 30 years old to get in on Friday and Saturday nights. Uh, a trivia question. Is this breaking any law? No. Do you think it is? Mm-mm. No. It is not. There is no yeah. rule against a bar setting their own age limit that's higher than yeah. 21. Does that surprise exactly. you? A little bit. I thought maybe it would it be like, should. hey. We've discussed this before. Because I wrote an article on some Texas bars that are doing that. All the way to 30, though? All the way to 30, yeah. Okay. And when I posted that article, a lot of people here in El Paso were like, we need to do that here. On Cincy. Make fools go over 30. Some people are celebrating the place. Probably people over 30. One person said, all the 30-year-olds are like, take me to the promised land. (laughs) Another said, I know it hurts right now, but when you're 30, you'll understand. Um, You know what's a good bar example of that, Buzz? Asatunas. Well, they don't have a policy. No, they don't have a policy. I mean, practically, when you go in, you don't really see anybody in their... And that's why it's cool for you to go hang out there or anybody else. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a hot piece of meat when I walk into that place. (laughs) So I guess that ties into the lady that we heard earlier who was saying that she would pay double the ticket price if she could get on an adults-only flight. Yeah. Meaning no small crying children. A lady said that she'd be willing to pay twice as much for a ticket if it were... A flight that only had 18 and older on board it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking, reminding you that this is a no-children flight. You won't have any tired babies screaming in your ear. You won't have any toddlers running up and down the aisles. And you won't have any crazy brats kicking the back of your seat the entire flight. So grab a cocktail, sit back, and enjoy the quiet. And we thank you for flying, Karen Airways. Don't touch me! I'm not giving up my seat, and you can't make me wear a mask. Oh, no! Oh, my God, that's exactly what it would be like. 
Right, I've Some seen guys a lot of videos with like duct tape around his wrist. I've, <laughs> se- I've seen videos of, of people that are over the age of eighteen causing problems on flights. So, all right, let's take a break. Uh, more coming up. More of the Buzz Adams Morning Show for your Wednesday is on the way right after this. I love the morning show. Buzz Adams in the morning. The golfer's forecast says we could have more rain today and tomorrow, maybe a little bit on Friday, but it's looking clear for the weekend. Looks like Saturday and Sunday might be rain-free. Check out the golfer's forecast brought to you by Painted Dunes Desert Golf Course. 40% chance of rain today. You're going to see that in scattered thunderstorms. Mostly developing this afternoon. Also, there's going to be a chance uh, of rain overnight. Let's put that at about a 25-30% chance of overnight rain. And then tomorrow, also looking for around 25% chance of rain. It's going to be cloudy tomorrow. You can see some showers and thunderstorms uh, possible. The high is going to be in the low 80s today and tomorrow. So that's nice. Love that. I was out on my walk. And I wouldn't say, like, oh, I wish I brought a sweater. But it was just perfect. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, for the weekend, though, things look like they might be clearing up. We might just have sunshine for Saturday and Sunday. El Paso weather and the golfers forecast brought to you by Painted Dunes Desert Golf Course. You can set up all your tee times and reservations, and you can do it all online now at PaintedDunes.com. Uh, earlier I mentioned that we're going to hear the new song for the band Dorothy. So Dorothy's band, Dorothy Martin, is the lead singer of Dorothy. And she is so phenomenal in this most recent album. We're going to hear the new uh, song, Black Sheep, on Q Connected this Sunday, 5 to 7. Here's a song we've been playing for a couple of weeks. And I just want you to just absorb like 30 seconds of this. And then I'm going to tell you where Dorothy's playing within the next few weeks. It's going to be in El Paso. But from uh, Dorothy's latest album, Gifts from the Holy Ghost, this is a song we've been playing called Rest in Peace. Blood on my hands, what's done is done Left it by the road with the crows and the dust Heart so hollow, deep as a cave One day I'll be dancing on your grave Taking it back, the life you stole Every little piece you took of my soul Now I lay you down to sleep And I pray with the devil you rest in peace You can't help Joanna, come on. You like that, don't you? Yeah, it's real good. Yeah, I like Dorothy. Real, real good. Dorothy at the Rock House. You can see Dorothy up close at the Rock House on October the 4th. That's really good. I'm Rest in peace. Nasty. Yeah, yeah, nasty. Yeah. Okay, Boomer. Um... So this week you get to hear another new song from Dorothy. This one's called Black Sheep, and that is going to be during uh, Q Connected this Sunday. And she's going to play The Rock House on October 4th. Q Connected is brought to you by The Rock House at 9828 Montana. A reminder that Saturday, September 10th, it's the pre-party for the Iron Maiden concert. It's the pre-show, ultimate pre-show party at the Rock House with the Iron Maidens. They're the all-female tribute band to Iron Maiden. So check them out on September 10th. That's a week from Saturday at the Rock House, 9828 Montana. 
We're going to have news headlines uh, coming up in just a little bit. We're going to hear the latest uh, from the DA's office and what's going on with the recall petition. And then uh, that there's been an answer to that. There have yes, been some there's more been comments. A, there's been a response to the hundreds of cases that have been dismissed. So we'll have that news. Uh, that's coming up in just about 10 minutes. Later today, KLAQ and Glenn Garza are going to be way out in Far East El Paso at the Circle K corner of East Lake and Rojas and you they're going to have cowboy giveaways some cowboy prizes you can win and you could win uh round trip airfare for two to a Dallas Cowboys home game hotel tickets to the game a tailgate and even a Cowboys meet and greet are part of the prize package to sign up for that you could register at Circle K this afternoon from 5 to 7 drop by Glenn will be there with Joe Pete and that, once again, is the Circle K at the corner of East Lake and Rojas. The Dallas Cowboys touchdown flyaways, uh, powered by Miller Lite, special arrangements by 915 Tours, and courtesy of KLAQ. To find out all the places you can sign up and all the rules and details, you can find those at KLAQ.com. I guess... Uh, there are plenty of stories here that in the past 48 hours or so, the former president has really been sharing a lot of, well, HuffPost calls them unhinged memes. So um, one of the things that Trump did on Monday was saying that he thinks that he's still the president and at the very least they should just have a do-over election. Uh. So Trump has actually come out and, you know, he's saying, and, and, and of course, you know who that's going to fire up, right? The QAnon people. Right. Because they believe, like, Trump's still been running the show this whole time. That's part of the conspiracy I'm secretly theory. the president. On Tuesday, Trump shared on Truth Social. He, You don't retweet on Truth Social. You retruth is what they call it. Which is funny because that most of us... That is hilarious, compl- dude. It's the funniest thing I've seen. Have you... Have you no, I've you seen the screenshots. No, but I've seen the screenshots of like what it looks like on Truth Social and it's like retruth. Hey, and did you retruth me? Please retruth me. I thought that was the me. cutest thing ever. Like instead of retweet. Retruth me, right? Adorable. It's adorable. Yeah, wouldn't it have it to be? Sad. Wouldn't it have to be the truth no, in the first place to call it a retruth? Yeah. Do they? Do <laughs> they? Mean, fat the tr- check? They're just retruthing a bunch of lies. Uh, <laughs> on Tuesday, Trump shared retruths of other users' gripes about the 2020 election being stolen, along with some QAnon conspiracy theory material. Uh, also, some weirder stuff like a doctored photo of Biden in a romantic embrace with Mark Zuckerberg. Wait, what? Uh, just some of the stuff. Uh, former President Donald Trump shared a photoshopped image of Biden pooping oh. his pants. Oh. <laughs> All right. hmm. The HuffPost story says the contrast between the current and former president has never been starker. As Biden signs landmark bills into law, Trump sharing memes of Biden pooping his pants. Uh, pictures of Biden falling off his bike are on the steps of uh, Air Force One. But this is all in his own little corner of the Internet, right? Well, it's on that Truth Social. Well, Do you I know mean, anybody? I know nobody that goes on Truth Social whatsoever. The only way well, maybe I hear... you do, and you just don't know because you're not on it, I guess. <laughs> mm, no, nah, I'm pretty sure there's nobody I know that 
goes on. We're going to hear what uh, the the current president, the real current president, had to say, and he had some pointed comments about MAGA Republicans uh, yesterday. But they're, you know, it's not just places like Huffington Post. There are other more more center middle uh, sources that are also calling it a meltdown. Uh, yeah, but Trump also said that. As far as he's concerned, he's still president, and the very least, at the very least, they should autom- they should, as soon as possible, have a re-election to see if he could win that right. time around. So he's still president. He says he says that he won. I'm still president. And that Joe Budge should step down and let him resume as president. <laughs> then he added, "But if he won't do that, at the very least, we should have a revote." <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, what a loser. <laughs> Hi, folks. It's your favorite president, Donald Trump. And I demand that I be declared the winner of the 2020 election. The winner. But that's not my only demand. I demand that I be named the president of every country. I'm looking at you, Belgium, and I've got a whole lot of other demands. <laughs> I mean a lot. I demand that every hotel in America be changed to a Trump hotel. The best hotels, believe me. Also, every school lunch in America will be Trump Steaks. Trump Steaks for the kids. And the national anthem is going to be changed to just people chanting MAGA over and over again. Okay, these are my demands. You have 24 hours to bigly comply. Thank you. Bigly. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Megan McCormick with KLAQ News Headlines. Coming up in news, after hundreds of cases in El Paso were dismissed without an indictment, the DA's office is blaming the police department. Well, EPPD has responded. I've got its statement and the latest on the drama with the DA's office next in news. He kills it every day. I love the morning show. Buzz Adam. Her media station. Now, KLAQ News Headlines with Megan McCormick. It is time for the news. Good morning, Megan. Good morning, Buzz. Well, the DA's office has finally responded. Uh, in August, the county jail magistrate dismissed over 300 cases that were not indicted by the DA's office on time based on Texas statute that requires indictment in 180 days or less since the person's arrest. On August 15th, the DA's office sent KTSM a statement that one of the reasons for so many dismissals was that the cases were not presented to the DA's office through DIMS. Now, this is according to case... KTSM. DIMS is a case filing program between the DA's office and the El Paso Police Department that is supposed to help certain cases be processed faster in order to benefit both EPPD and the DA's office, according to Assistant Chief Zena Silva, who presented at the city council meeting yesterday. Now, cases that are eligible to be entered through DIMS program are usually misdemeanors and felonies that don't fall under major crimes, and the person has to be arrested on the spot of the incident. Here is the DA's statement regarding dismissed cases. The cases that are being dismissed under Section 32.01 are mostly cases that were not presented to the DA's office through the DIMS process during the time period that the DIMS agreement was being renegotiated in July of 2021. The new DIMS agreement was both signed and utilized in January 2022. The renewal of the DIMS agreement has led to an increase in the number of cases filed through, filed this year. 
Well, what does the what do the police say about that? Have they responded to that? Well, when asked by District Two Representative Alexandra Anello to comment on the DA's office accusation during the City Council meeting, Zena responded that most of the dismissed cases without indictments were concerning people who were already in custody. In ninety nine percent of those cases, the El Paso police have presented those cases in a timely manner. We did review those cases, said Zena. Zena then proceeded to say that EPPD has a good working relationship with the DA's office. According to Zena, EPPD was unable to track the number of dismissed cases under DIMS, but that they are working on retrieving that data for future reference. City Council passed the motion in question unanimously, authorizing Mayor Oscar Leeser to sign an agreement to fund the DIMS program. So... A lot, a lot to unpack there. Essentially, you know, the response from EPPD is that they're unable to track the number of dismissed cases. Well, in the DIMS program. In the DIMS program. Okay, but correct. those where they let 100 people go last week, that would not have been covered under the DIMS, would it? Maybe one or two, but maybe one or two cases might have been, but uh, you can't account for all hundreds of those. Also, if she's talking about the renegotiation of this program in 2021... Well, the cases that are getting dismissed are getting dismissed because they haven't been indicted within how many days? 180 days? 180 is the, m- right. the minimum. So I, it sounds like an excuse. All right. So let's review. The district attorney has said that the reason crimes, including or charges, I should call them crimes because, you know, they never got to that point. But right. charges, including over half of the charges were felony of you know, of one degree or another. Mm-hmm. She said she's blamed that on COVID. She's blamed that on the previous district attorney. Hi, Ms. Barson. She's Now she's blaming it on the police. And I think she's just generally blamed it on people being anti-woman because she's the first right, female. And to blame it on the... It just sounds incredible that she would even blame the police because they're supposed to be partners. I feel like they're supposed to be... Mm. Uh, sure. Right. I mean, you need the support of the police. Uh, police arrest, district attorney prosecutes. prosecutes. That's the way it's supposed to work. And it sounds like unless the police aren't arresting people anymore, which is not it, that doesn't sound like what's happening because they've got this huge backlog. I've heard over 12,000 cases that still haven't been screened. So, so the we're police all 12,000 be- in, in dims. I mean, that doesn't sound right. Does it? Well, they're not. The DA's office is saying that those, the, you know, the twelve thousand cases are not in DIMS, and that's why they're being let go because they should have been processed. No, no. Now that is not true because Buzz even looked at all these cases, right? And some of them were in the third degree felony range that were are being released. Some of them were in the first degree uh, felony range. That includes everything except murder, right? And which would be a major crime. But that well, is well, she said the most. She that said is most not cases. Dim- she didn't say all. Well, but. this is half. Oh, about half were well, felonies. You got you, you got, said half were felonies. You, you got uh, first degree, second degree, third degree, and then you've even got state level felonies. So all, all those four cases that represented over half of the half of the cases that were right go by the jail. So that doesn't sure. sound like those would be dim eligible. No. Not, it doesn't sound like exactly. So, no, this this doesn't make any sense. Uh, it sounds like DA uh, Ivan Rosales is full of crap. Well, you said that I didn't. I did. Yeah. Okay. I, said that. I mean, I feel it's almost disrespect. It's almost like she's disrespecting the citizens of El Paso by putting out these little statements, not ever answering questions from interviewers. 
or directly speaking to a camera and to El Paso and then just casting blame around. I mean, it's almost it's infuriating. It's insulting. Well, it's also putting, you know, us in a position where we're reading it and now we're talking about it and we're trying to figure it out. She can she can explain it very right. clear for everyone so that we don't need to keep analyzing every word and try and dissect it. You know, you can explain it very simply and and to the people and they want they want some answers so at the minor game on saturday i saw a lot of a lot of attorneys that i knew uh i'm not gonna mention any names but i didn't find one of them that was like you know pro the district attorney's office right now are we still okay so we're on day five of our yvonne rosales supporter challenge we're trying to find one supporter (laughs) Of DA, well, she had brought out Teresa Caballero, or Teresa you Caballero was even like her if, proxy. Even if Teresa Caballero called in, that's fine. All right, but sure. If, but if there's anybody else out there who's a supporter of DA Yvonne Rosales, call in. Let us know what it is what it is that you still support. Well, because and my, if the phone rings, oh, ahead, uh, let it keep ringing. I, I will get to it eventually. Okay? Right. Don't hang up. But also, where I mean, is there oversight to this dims? I mean, the fact that this—if this again, if this is the reason why—how how is this not handled more appropriately before it got to this point? This is what I understand about dims: is it got brought up a lot uh, in the past couple years because low-level marijuana uh, arrests were going through dims. They were calling up the DA saying, uh, "Can we get this?" charged at the lowest level or can we get this the lowest and then they can just leave or get a ticket i mean that's how it was mm-hmm. originally uh described to us i think now what had happened was separately in the past the police had been avoiding doing the dims uh, program and going straight to a magistrate for for more charges or actually you know sending people to jail for for that stuff, and is it is it at their discretion, at the police officers' discretion, what to do? Well, I guess it's supposed to help them because okay. it's supposed to go th- make things faster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it's at their discretion whether they. But generally, the protocol before was not to go to a magistrate; it was to go through this process to talk to the DA about it. All right. Well, NASA will make a second attempt to launch its Artemis 1 mission on Saturday. As you might recall, technical problems with one of the four main engines forced NASA to scrub Monday morning's attempt. The good news, it was a faulty sensor, not an issue with the engine. This was uh, Monday. Launch Director Charlie Blackwell-Thompson has called a scrub of the attempt of launch of Artemis 1 and the space launch system with the Orion spacecraft. Mission managers say they will change their schedule and procedures to chill the engines before ignition. Chill those engines. Cool your engines. Cool your jets. (laughs) Making them ready for liftoff. Artemis 1 will test NASA's new SLS rocket and the uncrewed Orion capsule by sending it on a six-week mission around the moon and back. Still, it's all about the weather, and Mark Berger, a launch weather officer with the U.S. Space Force's 45th Weather Squadron, says the latest forecasts, which show potential showers or even thunderstorms in the area on Saturday, give the mission about a 60% chance weather violation during the launch window. Still, hopes are high for everything to come together and for Artemis 1 to get liftoff. Here's a little bit more about why the mission was scrubbed on Monday. The issue that uh, came up was an engine bleed that uh, couldn't be remedied. Um, But uh, the rocket is currently in a stable configuration. Which I guess I I just told you that it was 
not an engine bleed, and it was a faulty sensor. So they were mistaken on that one. Former Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev has died at the age of 91. Gorbachev was instrumental in taking down the Berlin Wall in 1987. Of course, after some prompting from President Reagan, famously in front of the Brandenburg Gate in Berlin, he also helped end the Cold War. Mr. Gorbachev teared down this wall. Do you remember that, Buzz? I remember hearing that clip. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I was watching it as it happened. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a little bit more from former President Ronald Reagan. The importance of this treaty transcends numbers. We have listened to the wisdom of, in an old Russian maxim. Though my pronunciation may give you difficulty, the maxim is dovayai no provayai. Trust but verify. President Biden is paying tribute to the former Soviet leader. In a statement Tuesday, Biden called him a man of remarkable vision. Biden served on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee during Gorbachev's time as Moscow's leader. And speaking of President Biden, uh, he continued his sharpened attacks on the Republican Party as he visited Pennsylvania on Tuesday, criticizing MAGA Republicans for their response to the Mar-a-Lago search and January 6th as he highlighted his administration's policy and crime prevention efforts. A safer America requires all of us to uphold the rule of law, not the rule of any party or any one person, Biden said as he spoke at Wilkes University. Let me say this to my MAGA Republican friends in Congress. Don't tell me you support law enforcement if you won't condemn what happened on January 6th. Biden, once apprehensive about directly criticizing his Oval Office predecessor, has ramped up his rhetoric ahead of the 2022 midterm elections, recently accusing some in the Republican Party of semi-fascism. The president also addressed Republican criticism of the FBI in the wake of the search warrant executed at Donald Trump's Florida estate, including their calls to defund the Bureau. Here is a president... Biden speaking about the MAGA Republicans. Let me say this to my MAGA Republican friends in Congress. Don't tell me you support law enforcement if you won't condemn what happened on the 6th. Don't tell me. I mean, it is kind of unbelievable to see Republicans coming out and be like, we got to defund the FBI. (laughs) We've got to defund the FBI. It's like, what happened to back the blue? Well, here's what President Biden said about his plan uh, and how it's going to help children and parents. And they just want to feel safe again. They want to feel a sense of security. And that's what my crime plan is all about. I would say Biden has, uh, like, his career track record has been pretty tough on crime, pro-police. It has been. Right. Even to the point that that was one of the things they criticized criticized him about when he was running for president with all the other Democrats. It's like, Mm -hmm. well, you were behind the omnibus crime bill and you were signing on Mandatory minimums. He was huge behind that. Right. So you can't say that, oh, Biden has a history of being soft on crime because that's just not the man. That's not his reputation. No, it would be the opposite. Yeah. Department of Justice tells judge Trump team likely concealed classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. The Department of Justice says prosecutors got a search warrant for former President Donald Trump's Florida home after receiving evidence of a likely effort to hide classified documents in defiance of a grand jury subpoena. The DOJ made that argument in a late night 36-page filing last night. 
one that serves as the government's most detailed account yet of its evidence of obstruction of justice. It's the DOJ's response to Trump's request for a so-called special master to review documents and papers FBI agents seized. It's also their argument against the necessity for it. Trump has until tonight to respond to the government's filing, and what that response will be remains to be seen, as he hasn't spoken about it on Truth Social, at least not at press time. Now, there were photos floating around on Twitter that I noticed. Um, I I actually hadn't seen it until today um, of these documents on the floor of Mar-a-Lago. Have you guys seen that? Oh, yeah, she sent them to us. Oh, is that what you? Oh, is that the email? The article went. Uh, I, I think I've got it here. <laughs> it, it, uh, where did that oh go? my god! And they're like marked top secret. That carpet, though, is. I'm so distracted by the photo carpet. of the classified Paisley, documents. The Paisley yeah. carpet. <laughs> so yeah, so that okay. So also, I had heard. In, so in the file, in the 36-page filing that the DOJ just uh, uh, put out. They're saying that there was active attempts to move the boxes around. Like they were at, they were like, please give us the stuff. We know you have the stuff. We know you have this classified. And that like there was active attempts by Trump and his aides to move the boxes around to prevent the FBI from finding them. Hmm. Does that count as obstruction of justice? (laughs) To try and hide evidence that you're specifically (laughs) being asked for? Does that constitute obstruction of justice only in every sense of the word? That's definitely, I think, what it means. The framed, the five framed golden time covers in the box next to the top secret docs is really... Ah, it's a piece of art. This photograph. God, I, I can't. I don't understand anybody that would could defend him at this point. Well, well, I'm sure you got to try and understand him because something like half of the country, and we all have to share the country together. So. I guess, yeah. But right, I'm, I, I, I'm almost to the point where it's like, well, you're not, you know, if people are sticking. We had a, a, a literal insurrection trying to stop. The certification of a legal election. I mean, if you're not off the train by this time, I, I just can't imagine. I mean, I, I think one of the most prophetic things Trump ever said back when he was running in 2015, I, I could, could shoot, shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth <laughs> Avenue and none of my fans would abandon me. And I think we're to that point now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounded crazy then, it but it came out on the boys. Yeah. So. And with your news, I'm Megan McCormick. Hey, I've got a interesting uh, caller that might want to call in. Mr. Justin Underwood uh, wants to call in and dis- uh, discuss the DIMS unit and kind yeah, of explain it. Explain it. Uh, so in just a few minutes, he's going to so be calling that, in. Th- that almost seems like a, an excuse that we haven't, or a, a rationale that we haven't heard before from the DA's office. Oh, well, it's the police aren't doing their job. That's right. why I'm not doing my job. So I would like to get some feedback. We'll talk to Justin. He, he's able to call yeah, in. Yeah, he said in uh, about five to ten minutes. Okay, so uh, Attorney Justin Underwood uh, answering back the latest uh, claims or defense from the district attorney's office. Let's take a break. We'll come back with more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show on the way right after this. What kind of radio sh- What did you say? Justin's going to call in in a few minutes to talk about the uh, district attorney's uh, latest claim that, you know, it's really kind of the police or slip it on their job. And this DIMS program. So Justin Underwood, uh, our uh, Ask a Lawyer 
He will be calling to tell us what is the DIMS program, just to describe it, and maybe why it's silly for our DA to be blaming them. Megan, I know you're a football fan. ESPN has predicted who will be the top 100 NFL players this season. And at the very top of the list, Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, he's my quarterback in both leagues this year. So, fantasy leagues. So, that's good news for me. How'd you get... How did you get Patrick Mahomes in two different fantasy leagues? Eh, it was just kind of a. Did it you wasn't pick on first? purpose. It was on purpose. Uh, no, usually, usually I don't pick quarterbacks first. All right, that's how much buzz. You know so much more about football <laughs> than buzz. <laughs> it's fan. It's all right. It's fantasy. Nice. So. Did, wait, okay. What so in you, fantasy football, do they they don't draft like an <laughs> offensive <laughs> defensive line, or do they? You do. Dra- you, 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 do. you draft a. a Team defense. So, team like, defense. I had the Cowboys defense. The whole defense. Yes. Buzz, yes. let me ask you a question. Why don't you do fantasy football? Is it because you need friends? <laughs> no, I was invited to participate, <laughs> but they said I didn't take it seriously enough. So you you, you have friends that have invited you. The, the station when Steve was telling Megan is like, oh, we're booked. That's At one point, deal. they asked me if I wanted to get into it so i went to the draft party and everything but that's you did all right that's when i said all right at wide receiver i want leg- legalis <laughs> the health because Buzz, this is why you don't have friends i want uh spider-man peter parker at wide receiver that's fantasy football right <laughs> i wanted a man that that's a, a man from the waist up but a horse from the waist down on the offensive line because I wanted a centaur to be my center. <laughs> and they were like, oh, okay, this isn't a joke to the rest of us. Oh, my God. Can you, and they said, can you treat this seriously? And I said, no, I honestly don't think I can treat this seriously. And then they Because it sounds like – it sounds so like they cut him from the team. All the fantasy sports, you know what it sounds like to me? Dungeons and Dragons – but for sports. Yeah. I'd say so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, essentially, aren't people cosplaying when they put on jerseys <laughs> to go to games? Does it make watching football more enjoyable if you got a fantasy team? Yeah, because it's like, um, you know, it's like gambling, really. Because it's... You got something on the line. Yeah, you got something yeah, on the line. But I think it would be weird. Like, if I had a receiver <laughs> for one team playing and the other team had a running back who am I cheering for? Well, you got to watch Red Zone. I mean, it's a whole, it's a lifestyle. What is Red it's, Zone? It's not one I'm necessarily proud of. Um, NFL <laughs> Red Zone <laughs> with Scott Hansen. It's when they pretty, you watch it all day long on Sunday and they only air scoring plays. So it's if you play fantasy, you watch Red Zone all day. So you'll you'll catch all the all the touchdowns, all the you know anything that you would get a point on or lose a point for in fantasy, you will see that on NFL Red Zone. We had a uh, question that was sent in last week, and it's pretty involved, but it has to do with uh, marijuana use in the United States. And I just saw this headline: marijuana use is outpacing cigarette use yep, for the that first too. time. Wait, 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 wait! Why are you you're applauding that? I mean, isn't it what does it mean that it's outpacing? Does that mean more marijuana is being smoked than cigarettes? Yes, that is what it means. Mm-hmm. Cigarette use has been trending downward for the past several decades, with only 11% of Americans say they smoke cigarettes. Well, that's a lie. I know more no, than No, that's about right. If, it, if, you're, if you're like, I only do it at a bar when I'm having a beer, but if you're at a bar five nights a week, you're smoking cigarettes. But those are the people that go to, the people who smoke cigarettes are probably the people who go to the bars. 
Um, 16% of Americans say they smoke marijuana, though. And let me see if I can find... They, uh, somebody wanted us to clarify our stance on uh, using marijuana. Us? Uh, Wait, what? You, you asked us on the oh. show? What, are you asking us? No, no, I'm trying to find... The, right now, I'm trying to find the... Uh, yeah, here you go. Uh, you guys are funny about almost everything, but I find that you and Nico, the general tone of your show, you're cavalier about marijuana and drugs. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, this okay. is from Mad Plato, who goes on to say, I was always for the decriminalization of pot, and I knew years ago that one day pot would become legal because of the enormous amount of money it would generate. Maybe the hilarious film Reefer Madness was an extremely inaccurate and absurd portrayal of marijuana, but new studies are giving data which indicate that pot is more dangerous than we might believe. Yes, marijuana, at least some ingredients of the plant, have salutary applications in medicine for pain relief, etc. Wait, wait, wait. In that one sentence or paragraph, you said data which indicates that pot is more dangerous than we might believe? But it has applications in medicine for pain. He's, I think he's saying, granted, it does have some applications for alleviation of pain. Not or, just that, epilepsy, um, a lot of things. Okay, see if you agree with him here. The general view of the public is that pot is benign. Yeah. And then he goes on to ask us if we if we agree with that. And I want to answer that question, but I just noticed that we got Justin on the line. I don't think about your answer. I don't My answer is yes. We it's can't answer it until we have our lawyer on the line, right? right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, hi, Justin. Hello, everybody. What's up, Justin? Um, so How are y'all? what we're reporting on today is that, uh, you know, last week, Omar Carmona filed uh, recall, uh, filed the paperwork for recall against the district attorney. The district attorney, I guess, filed something on Friday. To quash that, I don't know if I'm using the right terminology. So, and well, she filed. So yeah, so she filed a motion to uh, dismiss, where that motion cites completely incorrect law. Uh, she filed a motion to recuse the judge of the 346th District Court, which was uh, completely moot and worthless because that judge had already had already taken it from the 346 and given it to somebody else. Um, I guess what what I'm really asking is, does anything the DA has put out in the past several days, uh, does it have a point? Or is it all completely moot? No, I'm going to give you my legal opinion, not my personal opinion, because you know what my personal opinion is. (laughs) But my legal opinion is absolutely not. It it means nothing. In fact, when she filed um something about the dismissal saying that the county attorney has to be joined in pre-trial discovery well guess what this isn't pre-trial discovery yet any any private citizen can file this thing it doesn't have to be a lawyer mm-hmm. they only they only join the county attorney's office after the suit has been accepted and citation has been issued but what the DA's office did when they did that their their response is basically say um, okay, well, this response that we filed, uh, even though it doesn't make any legal sense at all whatsoever, uh, we're going to go ahead and enter a general appearance and acknowledge that, that you filed this suit. Justin, let me ask you a question. 
Yes, sir. Who let the dogs out? Because I can hear, <laughs> hear them in the background. Was it you? Daniel, the I'm so sorry. No, don't, so don't sorry. worry about it. Let me guess. My that sounds like a basset hound. Do you have a basset hound? No, I have a 107-pound silver lab named Raider. Yeah, oh. that's right. Raider, Raider, please be quiet. I'm, I'm talking to <laughs> <laughs> So, Justin... Uh, the DA came out saying that uh, one of the big issues for why the cases are getting dismissed is because the police didn't file them in DIMS soon enough. Can you just describe what is the DIMS program and why is that maybe sure. not a good explanation? And is that, sure. is that, does that explain even partially what some of the uh, uh, breakdowns? You know, Florida. All right, run us through, get us caught up to date. What is the sure, DIMS me- program? D-I-M-S, it's DIMS, not DEMS like Democrats, <laughs> DIMS with an I. Uh, and so what DIMS is, it is a uh, module system where the police department or law enforcement can call in to the district attorney's office uh, and present that case right on the spot. Like they get pulled over for a DWI or a family violence case. They can, they can pull over, uh, I'm sorry, they can call the DA's office right away and present that case, uh, like at the scene. Typically, and I worked DIMS when I was at the DA's office many, many years ago. Um, usually what'll happen is, is, you know, they, they pull someone over or they, they go to a house and they're, they determine that, uh, an assault or, or, you know, a, a small burglary. They, they usually are reserved for non-complicated, smaller level offenses. Although you can go all the way up to whatever felony you want as long as the investigation is going to be something that's not drawn out and, and it takes a long time. So they, they will make an initial call to the DIMS, uh, DIMS desk uh, with the district attorney's office. You'll have a DIMS lawyer who will answer the phone. They will be presented with the and, and you know the initial facts. The lawyer will say, okay, I do think that there's probable cause there. I do think that, that this is a case that we can prosecute. And so they will create basically like an open ticket. They will enter the name. They'll enter, you know, date of birth, social security number. They'll mm. give them a case number. All And, and that starts the process, right? So then that case kind of gets put on hold. You, you, you kind of, it, it's, it's, it's considered open, right? And so then you hang up the phone. The police department goes, and then they finish their investigation. They do all their reports. Um, anything that they need to type up, you know, in the next several hours, dim shifts are usually eight hours each. And so you have, you know, the eight hours to complete your reports and get them back in. They will call back in and say, hey, I need to close this case or close the DIMS part of it. Um, the attorney will open up, the, you know, their, um, their computer and they can look at the DIMS uh, system and say, okay, this report's here. This report's here. Your affidavit is here. Uh, you're going to take him to be magistrated. Uh, okay, we're good to go. We have everything on our end. That way, uh, and then after that, the DA's office or the DIMS attorney would close the close the DIMS process for that case. The DA's office would then have all of the paperwork that uh, that they would need to file that case in either the county court or district court. And so, uh, and then after that, you know that that case is literally ready to be filed uh, with an information, which is on which you file on a misdemeanor or an indictment. Which you file on a on a felony. The, right. the indictments obviously have to go before a grand jury, and then after that, on the police officers in, that's when they take him before a magistrate, set bail, and book him. Let, let me ask right. you: We're talking to Justin Underwood. Sure. So, does the district attorney have a point 
that the police office hasn't been or the police department hasn't been fully filing these dims or that they're not presenting the cases. And that's why there were so many. And does it account for that many dismissals? So it does not count. Does it account for that many dismissals? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. She does. I will say this. Dims does speed up the process, you know, significantly. It certainly does. And the DIMS contract issue did, it, it, with Jaime Esparza's office, in all fairness to, to our current DA, that contract was, was headed for a break toward the end of the last administration, right? DIMS is important. DIMS keeps things flowing forward. It, it's a good program, right? It, it does speed things up. Mm-hmm. But for them to say, but always, like, the Sheriff's Department didn't used to use DIMS. So you would have all of the Sheriff's Department's cases coming in, what we what we would call is paper referrals, which means they literally they have transfer officers who transfer the the paperwork, like all the reports, everything you need on a case that that an officer or a deputy or a detective was working on. They who transfers it to the DA's office. They do it every thirty to forty five days. All those cases were still coming in. Were still coming in mm-hmm. long before Dims was ever done. There was never a backlog of this. The other thing is is that everybody really needs to keep in mind is. Everyone keeps saying, oh, she, they, they keep saying, oh, well, COVID. And, and I mean, there's, there's what? They, she said COVID. She said uh, the backlog. She mm-hmm. said the previous, the previous the, district attorney's administration. Pre, the previous DA never had a backlog that, like this. Also, ever. she's been blaming ever, ever, ever. The public That's defender. Yeah. How is the public defender? How is it their responsibility to file cases? Also, I think not. I, They're but, defense lawyers. Another excuse that I've heard is kind of from the DA is kind of a general, oh, well, people are anti-woman because I'm the first woman DA. Well, that's an insult to people like me who supported her to get her in there because I thought she would do a good job. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. That's an insult to every hardworking woman in our lives that you're being you are not being picked on because you're a woman you're being picked on because you're not doing your job i don't care if you are from planet mars i don't care if you're whatever your whatever your ethnicity or whatever your uh, whatever you identify i can i am all about everybody i want people to get married i want the same type of guy more people getting married means more divorces but (laughs) right like you know anybody? Anybody who who knows us will tell you right off the bat we supported her. Right. How do you tell the those? There's so many of us who supported her at one point who are now saying, guys, th- this is not right. It's not right on so many levels. The job's not but getting the one done. One thing I w- right. The job is not getting done. Period. And so you, the other thing is you also have to remember she cleaned house uh, when when she came into office. Not only did she get rid of the lawyers, right, but the staff, the intake staff who had been there forever, who had that thing running like a well-oiled wow. machine getting cases filed, they are operating at half the number of people who were there before, and all of that knowledge about how all that works is no longer there. Justin, let me the ask you. COVID, the COVID excuse, real quick, the COVID excuse, when they had all of these lawyers working from home, Right, which they should have been. Right, I have no issue with people working from home right. and being safe. At not at all. I fully support that. I don't want. I don't want my colleagues and my friends getting sick for unnecessary hearings, which we can handle via Zoom. Right, but if you're working from home and you have all this time, 
all these months and months and mm-hmm. months where we're not having trials and we're not doing in-person stuff, why aren't you screening cases at home? Every lawyer in your office, you're, you're having screening parties on Saturdays, inviting the whole office to come screen. Why aren't you doing this all the time? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you asking your lawyers to screen cases to alleviate the pressure? Because crime has not stopped. The amount of people getting arrested has not stopped. What is the one thing in the, the, the wheel of justice that is clogged? Mm-hmm. It's the second floor of the courthouse which is the DA's office. Right. And, it, and, and it's not its not the, the frontline lawyers. It's not their fault. They're being tasked right. with an impossible situation because the lack of leadership is just out the door unbelievable. Justin, let me ask you, uh, just from a professional sense, uh, have you ever seen a DA not address issues? Like, for example, we haven't heard from Yvonne in a long well, time. Well, we've heard... We've heard state releases, press press releases, releases but right. but to not address the actual issues at hand, I mean, is this kind of unprecedented? Uh, you know who her boss is? Uh, who the people that she's blowing off? That, oh, the us. We're her boss. Yeah, she's blowing off and not answering questions to. Right, and you know, issuing a press statement here and there—that's that, a one-sided communication. Mm-hmm. You don't get to ask a press statement questions. You don't get to, to, to see the reaction on a press release's face when you ask them, mm-hmm. what is going on with this? What is going on with your prosecutor who committed vindictive? Like, what's going on with this stuff? Prosecutorial they, they, vindictiveness, right? But we need answers. Correct. Yeah, we need answers. For All right. Sure. They, they just won't answer. Justin, I'm up against a break. I'm uh, glad you called in today. And No, uh, not at all. DIMS is a really good program, and it does facilitate the speed, but that is not in and of itself to blame. That's just, it's a multifaceted problem. It's not just that. Right. All right. Thanks, Justin. We'll yep. talk to you again soon. Bye, guys. Bye, thanks, buddy. Justin. I want to circle back to this email that we had about whether or not we have a cavalier attitude toward drugs. Okay, and, yes. And I would just want to make sure that I'm 100% clear on my yes. thinking about drugs. Well, no, specifically they were asking about marijuana. Yeah, specifically marijuana. Uh, and Which is not a drug. Can we just say that? <clears throat> is it not? I don't think so. I think it's a Schedule 1 narcotic, yeah, according sure to you, the law. Yeah, but yeah. a Schedule 1 narcotic, is you're not allowed to sell that in the United States. Guess what? It's being sold at tons of... All right, so I I think that your position and my position aren't going to be on the same, necessarily the same spot here. Are not? No. I don't think so. Are they not going to be the same position? All right. Let's take a break and we'll come back. Even though I'm giving him a ride to the dispensary. That's not true. Goddamn why. Let's take a break. We'll have more of the Buzz Adams morning show on the way right after this. Thank you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for my next trick... I'm going to listen to the radio without having a radio. That's witchcraft. For more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show, scroll KLAQ.com. Five, four, three, two. This hour of the Buzz Adams Morning Show is brought to you by Pumping Ink Tattoo. Pumping Ink Tattoo is just moments away from Ford Bliss on the corner of Dyer and Monroe. Follow them on social media or at PumpingInkTattoo.com. That's PumpingInkTattoo.com. Hey, I think I finally got it sorted out, so it's really easy to email all of us. 
my email had address for like 20 years has been buzz at klaq.com. Yeah. So I got it. So it, you can email Nico at klaq.com. Yeah. Megan at klaq.com. That's just like M-E-G-A-N. Megan. Simplest of ways. M-E-G-A-N. Yeah. And Joanna at klaq.com. I'm so excited. Yeah. And I finally got one. So, so drop us uh, some emails if you got... A scenario, you know, maybe an am I the a-hole question yeah. you want to run by us, you can do that. You can send it to whoever you choose or all, for that matter. Any traffic updates you want to send to me, go ahead. All right. Uh, just anytime you want to reach out. Don't forget, you can also leave messages for us on our toll-free neckline. That number is 844-805-NECK, 844-805-6325. You call directly into the studio by calling... 915-910-4995. To get in uh, directly when we're on between 6 and 10, 910-4995 is the telephone number. All right, so I wanted to uh, get back to, we had started talking about this question, wanting to kind of nail down where exactly we stand on, and yeah, it's pretty specific to marijuana, I guess. Um, I find you and Nico, the general tone and tenor of your show, you're cavalier about marijuana and drugs. Um, the general view of the public is that pot is benign. Goes on to say, perhaps the powers that be, big pharma, cartels, etc., are planting these admonitions and news stories to convince the world that pot... <sighs> I think he it's I think he meant to say isn't dangerous because the freedom to grow, buy, sell and use marijuana competes with all the other myriad legal drugs. Hmm. Wait, this person what? what? This person I don't is- think Big Pharma and the cartels are coordinating anything. I mean Big Pharma is kind of and, and, and the media and, and I, the media I don't think that they meant always in- intertwined. I don't think that they meant to say not dangerous. I meant this, I think they meant to I'm not a wild-eyed conspiracy nut. Most of the time, I concur with your views and Nico's on issues. Um, you know, I think there's still enough question out there if your brain is still developing the effects of marijuana use. So I, yeah, I think my, my advice for children and even young adults, I would say up until the age of 26, they're saying your brain is still developing at that point And marijuana use may very well have some negative effects on the developing brain. So I would say for kids, stay away from it. Mm-hmm. Don't do it. Don't do drugs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that... I mean, it is, Mar- Mar- it is the, the age to buy it wherever it is legal is 21. So if you're... I, 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 I would even say, like if it was my own kids, give it a few years after that. If you want to, If you want to try it, make sure that your brain has already blossomed... <laughs> its fullest. Okay. Well, I mean, Give your brain a check. Okay, well, sure it's I mean, full sure. grown. There, there's start. some evidence out there that suggests that, that marijuana could have a, a bad effect on, on children's brains. On children's brains, yes, but there's you, nothing's been shown to show that people who smoke at age 21 suffer any cognitive disabilities from it. Uh, but I'm just saying, I mean, that's the legal age. So that's what we, as a society, have deemed the age for most people to be responsible to drink alcohol. Something that causes more deaths and accidents than marijuana, you know, ever could. Um, 
I don't think that marijuana is the is the cure all that some people claim it is. I mean, you listen to the hell, and it's basically what you would find on a bottle of snake oil back in the eighteen hundreds. It cures everything. I don't. I'm not totally on board with that. I think maybe okay, it'll, let's say epilepsy. Does it cure epilepsy? Yeah. No, I don't think it does. I think it probably makes you know whatever issues you're dealing with. It probably kind of has a numbing effect on okay, a lot well, of. Well, you're wrong. One, it does help cure uh, epilepsy. Cures epilepsy. Yeah, the FDA approved the first drug comprised of THC. It's called Epidilex, um, and it's an oral solution. And THC cures epilepsy. It helps uh, definitely maintain or control it. Uh, there's a lot of you know other things that uh, pain management. People will say you know it helps them with their back pain or their knee pain way more than any opiate could, or especially instead of an opiate. I mean that's way probably more dangerous in the long term uh if we've looked at at the yeah, if you got, trend if, of of uh if you got hooked on the drugs per Purdue per, pharmacy right. was Percocet pushing the or Oxycontin. Yeah, you're probably better off with weed right so uh i think there a lot of people will say yeah yeah it does everything from uh cure depression to cure my uh, bacterial infection now it probably won't do that but you know there's a lot that it does do. I think there that for different people, there are different things that just don't, they don't work well with. Like there are some people who can drink and have a good time. It's not a problem. There are other people who that drink, alcohol right? is absolutely, you know, everything right. about it mm -hmm. turns their life upside down. Mm -hmm. And I think there are some people, I think there are addictive personalities that mm -hmm. no matter what you're getting into, you could get addicted. But then I believe there are some people that can use it and function and, you know, uh, live their life. But I do think that there are some people that it could it could hang them up, you know, and like anything, like really. like anything. Well, and which is the difficulty in in categorizing what marijuana is because one, it is helping people with whatever problems they might physically or medically, but we also want to categorize it as a uh, what would you call alcohol? Depressant? No, 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 no. I meant like what in society. What do we? A party lubricant. A party. It's, it's alcohol. <laughs> a recreational. Is, a re recreational. Is recreational. Yeah. Uh, alcohol is a thing for rec recreation, and so we're trying to categorize marijuana as both something that is for recreation, just like alcohol, but claiming it has medical benefits as well. Nobody is claiming alcohol helps them with their knee or back pain or cures their epilepsy or... Uh, during Prohibition, a lot of people said, well, and that's why they allowed some amount of alcohol to be used for medicinal purposes oh. and they would allow you to have medicinal booze back during the Prohibition era. Right, but that's nobody's making those claims right now. I mean, nobody is making claims that uh, uh, alcohol, they're, they're being prescribed or self-medicating with alcohol to help their you know, back problems. It probably just doesn't happen. Um, so what, what I'm saying is we're trying to categorize ma marijuana as both recreational and medical. And it's hard to to come at anything that's recreational with both things like that. You know, it's just hard. So is this listener upset? Yeah, I uh, just I'm, wanted I, us I to talk about, do I think that it's all upside and there's no downside for marijuana? No, I think especially for, you know, certain people, if you have a real addictive personality or if it interferes in you living your life right. and anything, the normal development you know, of your relationships. Mm -hmm. Yes, video, video games can do if that. If anything is starting to interfere with your life like that, then you have a problem. But, but Porn I, addiction can but do I that do too. But I do want to say that I think different people... There are certain things that are just, they don't mix with them. You know, there's some people that, and maybe there's some people that have such a personality that they get addicted to everything. And I think you just got to monitor that on your own. But I am against blanket across the board prohibition 
for adults. So there it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, well thought out. Well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah? yeah? Sure. Yeah. I guess. But be, <laughs> and part of being an adult is figure out, am I able to do this? Without it being a detriment to right. me. If you it is being a detriment out, to you, you've got to cut it off. Right. you got to figure out, am I more mm-hmm. of a smoking person or an edible person? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've, I've seen drinks. Like, you can get, like, a like a seltzer oh. that is a cannabis seltzer. Where did you see that? Where did you see that? On a website, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Let's take a break. While you're getting directions. <laughs> more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show right after this. The local guys. The morning show that's locked. We're going to get into Hollywood news with Joanna Barber coming up here in just a few moments. Also, I'm going to have a true crime report on the way this morning. Ooh, any Florida men games, potentially? That's usually a... You know, the odds are usually favorable that there's going to be a Florida man story. Florida man story, yeah. I saw a Florida woman story. Yeah, oh. you those see that? Then. The Irish jig woman. Oh yeah, I do have that one. Yeah. She couldn't walk straight, so she just started to yeah, do the good. Irish jig. They're just—I just see disagreement. Was she trying to river dance, or yeah, was river she dance. trying to show off ballet? No, river, river dance, river dance. Because she had told the officer, "Oh, you uh, sound just like my ballet teacher," <laughs> and that's when she started dancing. <laughs> Ooh. Hey, we're looking for volunteers and donations, and when I say we, I'm talking about the KLAQ Food Fighters. Not to be confused with the Foo Fighters. <laughs> They're a band. We're the Food Fighters fighting to feed El Paso. To volunteer, go to elpasoansfightinghunger.org forward slash volunteer and click the reservation code drop down menu. Get all a uh, list of all the available days and times. You can volunteer. Uh, you can use the code Food Fighters. That's all one word Food Fighters. Volunteers are eligible to get free concert tickets and other rewards as a thank you. And coming up on Saturday, September the 10th, everybody who brings by a 10-can minimum donation, the Buzz Adams Morning Show is going to be at El Paso's Fighting Hunger Food Bank at 9541 from 10 to noon, a week from Saturday. And if you come by and bring a minimum of 10 canned food items, you are eligible to win tickets to see Iron Maiden. The following day, that's uh, Sunday, week from Sunday, September 11, at the Don Haskins Center. And we'll be out September 10th. Once again, that's at El Paso's Fighting Hunger Food Bank, 9541 Plaza Circle. Your chance to win Iron Maiden tickets. Go to KLAQ.com and the KLAQ mobile app for all details. So what's the latest? The, the It's being reported the Department of Justice says that the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago were likely concealed and removed. And everybody is kind of saying, well, not everybody, but people are saying, well, that's clearly, that's obstruction of justice. <laughs> they wanted these things and you were moving them with the hopes of fight. Right? Am I getting well, that right? Yeah, they're saying he knowingly kept documents, tried to hide them from the Department of Justice and said he returned all of the classified documents. No, no, I gave them all back. I promised I don't have anything. One of these. Except those. And it seems like Trump's lawyers are trying to make the case that essentially, like, very broad presidential powers. So broad, in fact, I think they're trying to make the case that even when he's no longer president, he has executive privilege over some of these documents, which doesn't, I want to point out, doesn't make any sense. 
Right. He's no longer the president. He's got these documents. I think the real thing to me is what's the nature of the documents? And I know they can't give us too many details, but are these just, you know, they said one of them was a letter between Trump and Kim Jong-un, which could be just a souvenir. But are there any of the documents that you think, oh, he could have, he could uh, blackmail somebody with these or he or could, he could use be... them to his advantage or against a political opponent or supposedly uh, there was also some information about Emmanuel Macron's sex life. Um, the French president and Donald Trump supposedly had b- boasted to AIDS about the no, information. I can, I can nail Macron anytime I want to. And about the details in there. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. Did he have did Macron have Russian hookers pee on the bed instead of Trump? <laughs> he could also be getting blackmailed, which is which is why it should he be could concerning be to every single American, whether you wait, support you're saying him or Trump not. Trump could be blackmailed. Yeah, he could be beginning blackmailed. Get you know, get this information and get it to my. I mean, it, it, now that it, takes it, it to it a could, whole new, new but, level where, like, maybe. Vladimir Putin might have said, "Get these documents. Take with you." You think? Do you not that? It's certainly an option in this day and age. I mean, nothing would surprise. Humpty Dumpty could be blackmailing Donald Trump, and it wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Nothing well, I mean, the, the also the other biggest, uh, I mean, risk of having these tops. I mean, they were labeled top secret. I mean, we saw pictures of them in bright red. You know, they they have these labels on them. Some of them were secured, compartmentalized information, which means you know it's one of the highest classifications. What if spies from Russia, China, or Cuba, um, but all three are known to have very aggressive intelligence agencies you know you could have people it's just probably easier to sneak something out of mar-a-lago than it would be to sneak it out yeah, of, the, of the, pentagon the pentagon or the white, or the white house, house. Yeah. exactly do we not it's certainly something that people should be concerned about but see this is also this is what is frustrating i think to to republicans or trump supporters you know the headline of this says u.s department of justice says it had evidence classified documents it had evidence of classified documents that former president trump mar-a-lago estate were quote likely concealed and removed before the FBI search to retrieve them. So likely, it's like, I, I don't know. So were they or were they not? You know, I, like you the DA's com- office. Like, I, I kind of want to know, <laughs> wait a minute, did he have these documents just because he's uh, a spoiled man-child who thinks he's entitled to everything? Or were these the kind of things that he could actually use right. as leverage? That would be beneficial. Bar- that would be beneficial who benefits from these documents right. is what we what, need to know. What's yeah. the nature of these documents? How could they have been yes. used against possible... Uh, opponents or foes or whatever. Hey, just to remind you, he's saying he didn't do anything wrong. He said right. this is completely above board. Oh, no, no. This only, is fine. He's saying, not only did I not do something wrong, technically, I'm still the president and they should put me back in the White House. Let's get a look at entertainment news and change things up here for a moment. Here is Joanna Barba with a look at Hollywood News. Good morning, Joanna. Hey, good morning. Many people are used to seeing Jimmy Fallon in a particular way, and that's usually behind the Tonight Show desk wearing a suit and overall well put together, right? On Sunday, though, Fallon was at the MTV Video Music Awards looking decidedly different than he usually does, and a lot of people felt some sort of way about it. Fallon was on hand at the VMAs to present Harry Styles, the Album of the Year Award for Harry's House, looking not as buttoned up as always. He sported a loose white shirt and a scruffy beard. He looks like a Miami bum that might be dealing drugs on the side. He looks like I'm here to present Harry Styles awards, but he's not here, so let me dress like Harry Styles. Well, that look aroused some feelings, and a lot of people took notice of Fallon on Instagram. Uh, 
A Fallon shared a photo of himself from the show with a screenshot of a Cosmopolitan article that said, Jimmy Fallon's presence at the VMAs is causing thirst and confusion on Twitter. Maybe it's the beard. To which he captioned the post saying, out here causing thirst and confusion. That was fun. Hashtag maybe it's the beard. I don't think the shirt's very flattering, if you want to know it the truth. It looks like he works at, at he looks burger like, joint. It looks like your server <laughs> at a In-N-Out. Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville. Yeah. Or In-N-Out. <laughs> Does that not look like the In-N-Out hat? The oh, red my and God, the white? it does. <laughs> Pull, yeah, for sure. I mean... He, he looks like he's trying to dress like Harry Styles. Guys, don't make fun of somebody that's he just does. emerging from his house in COVID, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, Twitter had a lot of feelings about it with viewers who were surprised at the effect of Fallon looking of the Fallon's look was having on them. He also has his nails painted. I was just about to ask, is that black Um, nail polish? Yeah, Harry Styles is a big fan of having his nails manicured. He's doing it Harry style. Exactly. (laughs) Buzz gets it. Harry Styles style? Do you think he looks hot? Yeah. Yeah, he looks pretty hot, right? Well, it's the beard. Yeah, it's, it's, the, the beard, it's the beard, right? Yeah. Yep, little scruff. You hardly see him with the scruff. I think women have. It's been like studied that women will find men with any type of facial hair slightly more attractive. Like Is that what they say yeah. about women? Yeah. Hmm. Th- that's <laughs> that's what they say. That's what they say. No, I I, I would have to agree. I, look, I like a little scruff. Sure, right? I love a scruff. He, he looks like the property b- brother's schlubby older brother. <laughs> <laughs> what are the property brothers on, on HGTV? <laughs> One of them's married to the new girl or whatever. You know, oh, Zoe Deschanel's right. husband. Right, the twin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. He's cuter. I think he's cute. he looks cuter No, Jimmy Fallon's way hotter. <laughs> oh, it's thirsty up in here, too. Or thirst and confusion over right. here. Oh. All a spade a spade. Because I was like, Jimmy Fallon? Do I like Jimmy Fallon now? <laughs> Am I, I going to start watching the Tonight Show? Right. <laughs> A&E has filed a lawsuit seeking to block a rival network Reels from airing On Patrol Live, which it claims is a blatant ripoff of its own show, Live PD. To note, both shows feature live footage from police ride-alongs. Both are hosted by Dan Abrams, and both are produced by the same company. Wait, wait. Dan Abrams is hosting the yes. thing except on another channel? He is. Okay, well, now it sounds a little bit more like Did he take sticks with him? <laughs> I know. I think it's just him. Is he going to have Officer Zendaya occasionally no, drop remember, a uh, the Bun of Justice has, Justice has retired. From officer duty, she's oh, out a, living her best life on OnlyFans. She's an influencer. Is yeah. she on OnlyFans? She's on OnlyFans. Reels debuted its version of the show last month, and in the lawsuit, A and E argues that On Patrol Live copies nearly every aspect of its own show format, down to specific catchphrases. The Reels show even occupies Live PD's old time slot. A and E also noted that Abrams advertised the new show by saying that Live PD is coming back. Oh, A and E's lawyers argue that the new show is infringing on its copyright to Live PD. A and E's lawyers sent cease and desist letters letters to Reels and Big Fish Entertainment, who produces the show, in June and in July. But Reels went ahead and broadcast the show anyway, which it later said was watched by 3.5 million people. In 1996, Michael Jackson paraded the globe with his History World Tour, playing 82 shows for over 4.5 million fans. That same year, though, the king of pop apparently had his sights set on an entirely different gig, playing Morpheus in a televised adaptation of Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. On the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, Neil Gaiman talked about it a little bit. 
By 1996, I was being taken to Warner's, where the then president of Warner Brothers sat me down and told me that Michael Jackson had phoned him uh, the day before and asked him if he could star as, as Morpheus in The Sandman. So uh, wow. there was a lot of interest in this, and they knew that it was one of the crown jewels, and what did I think? And I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Notice that podcast 19- is uh, live, by the way. Pardon me? That podcast is live. live. It's a live podcast. Well, over the next few years, Gavin would receive several offers to adapt his sprawling comic book series for the big screen, with most recently making news when Joseph Gordon-Levitt left the big screen adaptation in 2016. The Sandman finally got the TV treatment this year on Netflix, topping the streamer's global charts for three consecutive weeks. The Netflix series stars Tom Sturridge as Morpheus, alongside Gwendolyn Christie and Jenna Coleman. The Sandman is streaming on Netflix right now. It has not currently been renewed for season two. Do you want to hear some other roles that Michael Jackson reportedly really, really wanted that he didn't get? No. Was sure. Superman one of them? No, Superman. No. You're getting Michael Jackson Nick Cage confused. That's true, yep. <laughs> Michael Jackson uh-huh. reportedly told George Lucas that he really, really wanted to provide the, the voice and motion for Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's interesting. Misa. Misa. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to play Willy Wonka in of the, he the role did. that eventually of went course. to Johnny Depp in <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. A creepy, a creepy guy that takes kids into one. his house? Yeah. That sounds about right. Uh, he wanted uh, yeah, to play Spider-Man. No. I was Spider-Man, not super. I knew it was a superhero movie. I knew Michael Jackson wanted, wanted to be a superhero. To be Spider-Man. Also, Steven Spielberg says that Michael Jackson lobbied hard to play Peter Pan in the in <laughs> what, what was it called? Pan, the uh, one where Ro- Hook, Hook, the one with Robin Williams. <laughs> he wanted the Robin Williams yeah, role. Yeah. You mean the man an with an actual movie. Peter Pan syndrome wanted to be Peter Pan? <laughs> That's true. Oh my God! Didn't he call his ranch? Neverland. <laughs> well, so you can sure see, did. you know, it's something that he'd been sure angling did. for for his a long time. Sure Fantasy did. life tried to bleed into his I just want to be. I want to be a child. <sighs> That's so weird. Yeah, Goldberg's news. Goldberg's news. Love that intro theme. Mm-hmm. Season 10 of the Goldbergs will be coming back to ABC on September 21st and will have a somewhat different look. One of the biggest changes will be the departure of Jeff Garland's character, and we now know how the show is going to handle it. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, showrunners Alex Barno and Chris Bishop detailed how the show will be moving forward. As written, the series returns with several months having passed since the death of Garland's character. Barno said, quote, the family has already grieved and so far the stories have been largely about looking forward rather than looking back. Added Bishop, quote, it honestly feels like a huge reboot for us. Garland's exit exits the show after nine seasons after allegations of inappropriate onset behavior. While he maintains that he was being silly and had no intention of making anyone uncomfortable, the comedian and Sony Pictures Television came to a mutual agreement that he would no longer be part of the show. You can tell. If They're you watch killing the, off Murray. If you, if you watch the show, you know that the dad had has passed away in real life because it's based on Adam Goldberg's. Right. 
uh, childhood, mm-hmm. and his mom is still alive, and she'll come on the show from time to time and make oh, appearances. Great, yeah. But you can tell the the dad at some point passed away, and they're going to probably use that, right? I guess so, but. Jeff Garland is still going to be part of the upcoming season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, so he's still going to return to Curb Your Enthusiasm, but they're going to kill off a guy that I can really relate to. (laughs) Murray Goldberg? Because he calls everyone morons? The second Buzz gets home, he takes off his pants. Oh, you do? Pants Pants (laughs) off as soon as I walk in. into your favorite chair? Yeah, the couch. One of the more disturbing (laughs) aspects of being his roommate. Why do you think I come in the house and take off my pants? I assumed it had to do with comfort and generally just giving up. Yes, but also, who's the least likely person to be asked to do anything? Oh, my God, the guy with no pants. Hey, Mur, <laughs> could you give me a ride to the pharmacy? Oh, he's not even wearing pants. <laughs> it's my life's work. Don't waste it. Get out there and do as little as you can. Hi, it's Veronica Gonzalez, and after the Buzz Adams Morning Show is over, I'll have El Paso Morning Show. I've got a true crime report. It is going to have uh, Florida Man game, so get ready to play the Florida Man game Woo-hoo! when we get into uh, the true crime report. So, okay, here's how I understand this story. Give me some background. This is kind of a crime story. Sure. But separate from the true crime report. Ashley Judd is saying that she was made to feel like a suspect following her mother's death. And it yes. sounds like it sounds like what she's saying is she's trying to block the release of some of the police interview records and she says that it's because they were putting her in a position where they were treating her like a suspect. What else does it say? All right, so in a new essay in the New York Times coming out, that just came out today, Ashley Judd is talking about what she says is the most shattering day of her life. Uh basically she's saying that there uh, are some laws in Tennessee that allow police investigative reports to be released to the public. Um, and she's saying those laws need to change because that's just going to re-victimize her. It's just going to make her feel uh, the pain of losing her mom all over again. But it's a public records thing? It is. Uh, the horror- Yeah, but you can't say change the change the ruling on this because I'm a celebrity and it. It's going to make me sad. As my family and I continue to mourn our loss, the rampant and cruel misinformation that is spread about her death and about our relationships with her stalk my days. The horror of it will only worsen if the details surrounding her death are disclosed by the Tennessee law that generally allows police reports, including family interviews, from closed investigations to be made public. Was it, I, I didn't know that there were scandalous rumors about the relationship well, between the judge. She's saying that she... Uh, made some unguarded comments during law enforcement interviews and other personal information that she doesn't want anybody to see. Mm -hmm. I felt cornered and powerless as law enforcement officers began questioning me while the last of my mother's life was fading. So apparently she found her mother still uh, partially breathing Mm -hmm. with a self-inflicted gunshot wound and a a suicide note uh, lying next to her. Uh, she says, well, well, now you got to know what it was she said that she doesn't want people to know that she said, right? Mm-hmm. I felt cornered and powerless as law enforcement officers began questioning me while the last of my mother's life was fading. She stressed that the, uh, adding that she was compelled to answer investigative questions instead of being with her mother in the final hours. 
It's 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 tough because this seems like a very specific situation to families that are famous. So it's not really something that a lot of families well, would deal with. But um, that's how she seems like she's couching it, almost in the same Vanessa Bryant uh, scenario where she feels like, oh, our privacy is being invaded by these reports about us. Well, not really, because these are actual police interviews. Uh, she, yeah, she wants it to be handled differently if it's if it's uh, essentially she wants it to be handled differently well, it's, but if, if it's a mental health situation. All, if but she you're not said gonna, something that is suspicious or weird. Right. right, right. All you I know is before I heard about this story, I didn't think there was anything suspicious about Ashley Judd. But now I'm thinking, wait a minute, what's the suspicious thing that she well, doesn't want the, us to see? The Judd family, I mean, uh, notorious for having a lot of skeletons in their closet. I mean, just crazy, you know, stories about... Mm-hmm. about really? Oh, yeah, yes, yes. She goes on to say, it is now well known that law enforcement personnel should be trained in how to respond to and investigate cases involving trauma. But the men who were present exactly. left us feeling stripped of any sensitive boundary, interrogated, and in my case, as if I was a possible suspect in my mother's suicide. They're not well, they treating her. That. They're not treating her as a suspect now, they are they? No, okay. but she, she and her family have filed a court petition to prevent the publication of the investigative file in her mother's case, explaining that the family has secrets and a legal right to protect our privacy in this specific matter. And I believe they won that case, and that's great, and it should be. But you can't, did, you can't assume that the police. Well, they at least, uh, at least in the interim, I know that it hasn't been I, released. So I know. Well, the, the, the files haven't been released. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be I'm permanent. I'm not sure that the case has been heard yet. Well, I know as it, they're not releasing it now. So until okay. the case is heard, I'm, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure, but until the case is heard and they make a, a decision either way, you can't see the public re- or you can't see those public records as of now. But the police cannot make make the judgment if it's a mental health call or a suicide until they investigate the scene. So that's not. It's kind of an impossible situation that she's trying to well, enact. Yeah, right. Because I mean, this is a, this is an a, investigation. A, a death investigation. The investigation of a death. Yeah. And police ask questions when that happens. And I'm sorry if this makes you feel... Right, with a gunshot wound to the head. I mean, you have to make sure it's not a murder. You, you, you have to investigate the, the death, so... But yep. you get you get what I'm saying. Yeah, what until did she, she say? Until she right now, I want I didn't want to know before. What are the secrets? But now that I know that it's out there, I I want to know. <laughs> it's none of my business, but I still want to know. I've got the uh, true crime report. I probably so we don't have to rush it. I'm probably going to push that to the next break, Joanna. So we'll get to true crime coming up here in just a couple of minutes. <laughs> am I finally am I finally starting to get it? No, no. But sometimes you make good judgments. So. Well, I want to tell you about a woman who's going viral on TikTok after she posted video of a baby crying on her flight. It seems like nonstop. She says this is what she was dealing with for the majority of the flight. Okay, yeah, that sucks. But you know who else is dealing with that the entire flight? Every single other person on the plane. And the mom. Yeah. Okay, I, I can only imagine how oh, bad man, it feels right. for a mom. To, you know, I'm sure she feels either embarrassed or, or you know, yeah, I'm, right. I'm sure she wants yeah, her baby right. to be quiet. There is no feeling worse when your baby is screaming on an airplane. Because right. people are going to be like, oh, it. it's her fault. Trust me, the mom doesn't want it either. Well, the, <laughs> sure the, the lady who made aware. the TikTok is not suggesting that there be no flights that babies are allowed on. But what she's saying is she would be willing to pay more if airlines had adult-only flights. 
meaning you've got to be, I don't know if that would be 21 or 18 or 15 or whatever. But she's saying, yeah, I'd, I'd shell out more if I knew there weren't going to be any little kids mm-hmm. on the flight. What about investing in some noise-canceling headphones? It's not that hard to get headphones. Hey, at least like the baby can't kick the back of your seat. If, you, if you've got right. any kid between the age of 2 and 5... Those are the right worst. Behind, they're kicking your, the back of your seat. They can't help it. They're kicking your seat no matter if you're going all the way to Timbuktu. They're going to kick it all the no, way to Timbuktu. Those, those are the kids that when the parents don't do anything about the kicking of the seat. Then you get pissed off because it's like, come on. Yeah, you can talk totally to and communicate and possibly threaten this child. Right. You can't do that with a baby. baby. <laughs> but if a baby took threats, I mean. <laughs> you shut up right now. You're going right. to the luggage van. Right. No more Gerber for you. So what do you think? Would you pay any extra to fly? Would you pay extra Joanna to fly on a plane with no babies on board? If there were babies, like if they told me, hey, there's going to be a ton of babies on this plane, but your flight is only like 20 bucks. Like they discounted your flight? Yeah, I totally get on that. You will get on the noise canceling headphones. Yeah, they're not my babies. Look, I'm too poor to even buy a seat that has more late room right now. So right. I'm not going to. So if gonna, they're telling me that this is only 20 uh, bucks, but there's a bunch of babies on here, I don't yeah. care. I'm taking it. Like if they're saying, oh, you could pay $50 and be in the no baby plane, I'd be like, that's $50 I need for. You wouldn't shell out an extra 50 No. But Joanna oh. says if they deeply discounted the ticket, you yeah. would go on the baby flight. Yeah. Yep, right. Due to the success of adults-only flights, get ready for baby-only flights. Oh. Oh. Babies and babies, this is your captain speaking. Flight attendants will soon be coming around with baby food and other various num-nums. Just a reminder that I'm about to turn on the nap time sign. Please return to your diaper-changing tables to their upright and locked position. In the event of a diaper-related emergency, please make sure your diaper is changed before your neighbor's diaper gets changed. We know you have a choice which airline you fly, and we're happy you chose the one with only babies. Baby-only flights. Book your flight today. I'm there. True crime on the way. It will include a Florida man game. We've got all that coming up right after this. This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show. We'll be back. The Buzz Adams Morning Show. Just a uh, heads up that we are going to have the Florida Man game when I get to the true crime report. First, Nico wants to tell us about some uh, comedy shows and open mics that he has going on this week. I do. Comedy is back at Scenic's Bar and Grill, 4130 North Mesa. And guys, this is one of the most fun shows that uh, I've been to. It, it, it was around for a while, and now comedy's coming back. Uh, open mic means anybody out there can sign up. If you think you're funny, if you have friends or family that you think are funny and should try out their jokes sometime, come on down. Phoenix, 9 o'clock, we'll be starting the show I'm hosting personally, and I make it very fun and nice for everybody. So that's Friday. That's Friday. At Phoenix, what's happening Saturday? Uh, Saturday, we're uh, doing another show. Uh, both of these are brand new at Brutopia. Brutopia Tap House on the east side of Zaragoza. The show also starts at 9 and sign-ups are at 8.30. Anybody is welcome to come and try their hand on the mic. Right. It's open. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the beast. Whoop, whoop. That's the sound of the police. It's time for our true crime report, actual crime stories from around the world and across the nation. And uh, I guess we'll get started with a story. A police officer in Indiana is being accused of impersonating a police officer. Hmm. 37-year-old police officer Ralph Weaver uh, 
posed as a different police officer from a different department and then complained about misconduct. You may not have known. You, you've probably heard it's illegal to impersonate a police officer. I have. But it's Ill, mm-hmm. not only is it illegal for a police officer to impersonate another police officer, it's a felony, mm. in fact. Here is uh, Indiana Sergeant Carrie Holes talking about the weird case of impersonating a police officer by another police officer. I received that email myself stating, you know, information that was going on at New Albany Police Department that was possibly not being looked into properly. So obviously it raised our eyebrows. When our detectives looked into it, they realized that the name that was on the email account that was supposedly a New Albany police officer had no knowledge of such an email being sent. I'm just a dude trying to be a dude dressed as another dude. So not only is it a crime to impersonate a different police officer, it's a felony uh, that this guy's finding out about. In Abilene, a man broke into an animal shelter and let a bunch of dogs go free. Oh, he now, was rescuing them? Before you start thinking that this was some right. kind of like di- plot of a Disney movie Aww. and mm-hmm. that these dogs were on doggy death row, uh-huh. it sounds like this guy is just a, either a jerk or a, cra- or a criminal or a crazy man. Because when he let the dogs go, they got into a big fight. Several of them were mm-hmm. injured and one died. Oh, my God. She's the opposite this of what This does not sound like this is an animal rights person. This just sounds like an idiot. 38-year-old George Paul Jones broke into an animal shelter in Abilene. This happened last Friday. It had about 150 dogs in. Once he was in, he opened a bunch of the cages to let the dogs go free. It did not go well, and the dogs started fighting. Some of the dogs were injured. Sadly, one dog didn't make it. At least nine dogs ran off and had to be rounded up, but it's not clear if if they found all the dogs that this guy released. Now... They did find the perpetrator, though, Mr. Jones, who also stole a van from the shelter and drove off in it. They found it abandoned three miles away, but guess what? He left his wallet with his ID inside the van. Genius. So they thought, okay, well, we know who he is, but we're not going to catch him tonight because he abandoned the van, but he hadn't. While they weren't looking, he actually snuck back in the van and snagged the wallet and then... Oh, my God. (laughs) So police were there looking at the van and and they just turned around? (laughs) (laughs) He's tiptoeing up and he steals the wallet, but eventually they caught him. He faces charges of burglary, animal cruelty, and theft of a motor vehicle. What if it was like an animal rescue and they were like taking, rescuing, you know hurt animals out there and he's hurting animals by by letting him go again everything about this guy and what happened it doesn't seem like he was like an animal rights person more of just like a criminal a 38 year old ballet student was arrested for a dui this happened all the way back in april but we're just seeing the video despite her attempt to impress the police with doing pirouettes and dancing. Some people are describing it as more of a like a river dance type of thing. 38-year-old Florida woman, Amy Harrington, was pulled over back in April after she had rear-ended another vehicle. Police say she smelled of alcohol, but she refused a breathalyzer, so they had her do a field sobriety test. 
that footage of the arrest that was just released. And in the video, Ms. Harrington struggles to walk on a straight line, but then tries to impress the cops by performing a dance routine, including some drunken pirouettes. I do have this video available if you want to see it, just to get the context of what's going on. <laughs> I here. absolutely do. Do you? Let me start it back up with the dancing begins. Ah. Oh, trying to walk that line up. Oh, having a little difficulty. One foot in yeah, front she, of the other. Uh, she has She's dancer's starting. legs. I'll say that. I can't see. Make it full screen for Joanna. She's got a dancer's body. Uh, yeah, I get it. Mm, 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 mm. Uh, now she's very far from the line. Ooh. She's dancing away from the line. Yeah. Stay on the line, girl. And twirl. And twirl. She wasn't even doing the, the dance parts. This lady Straight. officer over here. Know, she is like. If you think the lady officer doesn't look too impressed, she yeah, wasn't. She Okay, so I think there's some language in here. Eventually, she's cuffed and arrested. You sound my li like my. What does she say? You sound my one like of my. The, one of the officers asked her to just stay to the instructions, and she said, "Oh my God, you sound like my effing ballet coach." <laughs> she also told the police the whole thing was ridiculous, and they just, should just let her go home. This whole thing's just ridiculous. You should just let me go home. I'm practicing my pirouettes she and my drunk driving. Cuffed and charged with DUI. This was not her first. She was also arrested after refusing breathalyzer three years ago. A community in southwest Florida has seen some of their porta potties disappear. And one man has a theory. Steve Mammon said he recorded one being stolen off a construction site. Well, actually, his doorbell cameras captured it. And he thinks that construction companies are grabbing people's porta potties so they can pass inspections. <clears throat> so here is Steve Mammon talking about the spate of porta potty thefts and what he thinks might be behind it. It's kind of crazy for somebody to come and steal a porta potty. The wife caught it on the camera and the guy in a Kubota with forks on the front of it just come and picked it up one afternoon and about five o'clock they didn't have a porta potty so they couldn't get it an inspection without the porta potty so they just come and nab this one. So with all the porta potties missing, police are looking for clues, but Nico so far they have nothing to go on. That was a good dumb one. And it looks like we have time to do our Florida Man story. Here you go. Who runs naked through a dairy farm? Florida Man, Florida Man. Who never fears any bodily harm? Florida Man, Florida Man. Who's made love to a dozen trees? Throws tennis balls that are full of bees. Who tries to bite every cop he sees? Florida Man, Florida Man. Here's the way we play the Florida Man game. I'm going to give you a headline that's missing one word or short phrase. you got to fill in the blank. If you're able to do it, Town Square Media says they will pay you $10,000. Woo! Woo! Liars. Yes. <laughs> Are you ready for your headline? 
Yep. Contestants at the ready. Yes. Florida man arrested after trying to call a prostitute while on his blank. Again, Florida man arrested after trying to call a prostitute while on his blank. I'm going to give you 20 seconds or so to come up with your answers. Go ahead and let me know when you've got an answer down. And I'll repeat for everybody playing along either at home or work or in the car. Florida man arrested after trying to call a prostitute while on his blank. You got to join them? Yep. All right. Got an answer? Yeah. Megan, you yep. you logged in? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, it'll be very interesting to see if you get this. Florida man arrested after trying to call a prostitute while on his blank. Joanna, what did you write? I went with on his break. On his, on yeah, his break. Yeah. Like at work. Yep. Good, answer. Good, answer. Good, answer. Good answer. Good answer. Thank you. Good answer. Good answer, Joanna. Is this family cute? All right. Megan, what was your answer? Florida man arrested after trying to call a prostitute while on his blank. Garbage truck route. Oh, oh my truck. God. Amazing. Good also answer. related to work. Right. Right. I felt, I felt like lunch break, possibly not getting paid during that 30 minutes, maybe okay to call a hooker. So but while currently okay. So we got on a break so currently and on, on his, route. On his uh, much more specific, on his, on his route. garbage, garbage truck. Route. truck. Yeah. Or, you know. Uh, I, I was going to go with mm-hmm. standard gator. While on his gator? Yeah, but I don't. I don't think it applies, or meth applies in this one. Well, on his meth. <laughs> Sometimes you have to listen to the wording. Florida man arrested after trying to call a prostitute while on his blank. I'm going to say bike. While on bike. his bike. All right. You know, I didn't choose one obvious answer because I thought one of them would choose a... What's that? Toilet. While on his toilet? toilet? Yeah. Mm. No, not even the toilet? No, even if I gave you an extra guess. 34-year-old man in Florida was arrested for soliciting a prostitute. Uh-huh. He was on his honeymoon at the time. Ah. Oh, man. That's a good answer. The answer what a is Florida man move. 34-year-old Florida man Paul Tarofsky was arrested while on his honeymoon after he answered an ad for a prostitute. He left his new bride sleeping in their hotel room and went out to meet a prostitute he'd connected with online at the hotel but instead he was caught up in a sting operation by local police who were cracking down on sex trafficking you dummy idiot mr turofsky the newlywed the groom i guess you could say was cuffed and taken to the station (laughs) in all 176 men were arrested in the sting operation so aren't honeymoons where couples have lots of sex the wife is all like, honey, where did he go? Oh, more sex. There, there are a lot of questions here. Who do you think he used his phone call, his one phone call from jail from? His, his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Honey. honey. I've got some bad news. Honey, where have you been? And I've got some worse news. <laughs> I'm in jail. The sheriff <laughs> even cracked a funny. Okay. Oh, the no. sheriff said oh, no. the only question here was as a wedding guest as a wedding guest, 
would it be too late to get the gifts that they gave returned back to them? <laughs> so no winner this week. Boom. For the Florida Boom. Man game. Who plays baseball with a feral cat? Florida man. Florida man. Tried to stab his boss with, with a sewer rat. rat. Florida man. Florida man. Who snorts crook and screams in the street? Whose favorite food is human meat? Michael Rubio has said it, see? Florida man. Florida man. Florida man. Florida man. He lives in his van. He's Florida man. Florida man. Florida man. Flash in the pan. He's Florida man. We're going to take a break. Take a break. We're gonna we're gonna take a break a for day. a day. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk to you tomorrow at six a.m. The show for today. The Buzz Adams Morning.